AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and care. Friday night? Long-term booking. very much for joining us right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Dynamite post-show for October 10th, 2023. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you from my end, the OTS venue. Join tonight, man. We got the fucking superpowers here, man. We got Andrew Baydala, and we got Jesse, the Chi-Town Smart. Normally, Drew and I are live on Tuesday nights, but you know what? It's Title Tuesday, gentlemen. Why not get all of us together on Title Tuesday? It's past my bedtime. This fucking guy, man. I just told this guy to go make an espresso. He's still complaining. He's got it. really salty go. about it being 9.30, man. It's- oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez. Got kids. Yeah. I thought I was old. Yeah, that'll do that to you. Anyway, gentlemen, thank you for joining me tonight. What a night, man. Holy shit. NXT brought out The Undertaker and John Cena and Tony Khan, man. Great pro wrestling on his end. I don't know what happened on NXT. I think Jesse watched NXT tonight, right? I I, I had it on the side screen. I I visually watched it. I listened to AEW. I saw a lot of promos and segments. I saw a couple of matches, but it seemed to be very promo heavy. Is that that pretty accurate? Chat, can you let me know? It was promo heavy. Was it? Okay. Well, I mean, uh, then they start out with Cody Rhodes announcing the Dusty Classic, but we got on AWs, and we got Swerve and Brian Danielson putting on a pay-per-view banger on TV. Yeah, oh, that was a pretty good one, too. Yeah, what, a show, what a show tonight. Uh, I'll start with Drew, man. What did you think of this? Uh, I know you and I talked about this on TNT, bro. I, I understand that the fans, that they make it more than it really is. But honestly, from my you perspective, from, from, yeah, from, really? your, from your perspective, um, it's great for the fans. A lot of people take it overboard. Uh, I got a sense of, you know, that, 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 that competition. I, I know a lot of people want to rag on AEW and then AEW side want to rag on NXT, but I got a sense of that competition tonight. You saw Tony Khan tweeting tonight. Well, what'd you make of the whole thing? And I saw a lot of people saying that Tony Khan might've started the hype a little bit late with what he was tweeting today about Shawn Michaels and Triple H. And he said some derogatory things about Vince McMahon. What'd you make of the whole thing? Well, first of all, I didn't appreciate the bald asshole comment, Tony. I thought we were cool. <laughs> but it is well, what listen, it is. Man, I'll, be, I'll be joining you there fairly soon, man. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, damn. I mean, let me take these headphones off for a second. I mean, I am. we all know I'm as bald as bald gets, but I mean, hot damn, TK. What do you got against bald people? Listen, I enjoyed Dynamite, and uh, I enjoyed NXT. I had them both on. I had the audio on for Dynamite because this is a Dynamite review show. But... um. I think the fans made this more than what it needed to be, but that's the beauty of this, right? Like we haven't had legitimate NXT is never going to be that brand. um, That kind of 
beats AEW unless they bring the main roster talent over. And I know they have beaten them, quote unquote, on Tuesday nights, but there's a lot more competition on Wednesdays, in my opinion, than there is on Tuesdays. So, Jesse, what'd you uh, what'd you think of the whole competition thing, man? I know I saw I saw one of the last tweets you put out there. Undertaker on NXT reeks of desperation. I'm with you, bro. But you know, did you expect anything less from WWE? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, I'm so. We were starting to talk about this off the air a little bit. So um I like the I like the competition. I do. I like the friendly competition. I was even a fan of TK. It seems like he got a little, I got a, maybe a little liquid courage or whatever his partake is and took his phone out and started having some fun as of yesterday into today. This guy had diarrhea of the fingers, man. He would not stop tweeting. Well, you know, Tony Connor a couple of white claw, bro. Yeah, you know, so, so yeah, maybe, it. yeah, that's his thing. That's it. And yeah, he know he kind of got the pot stirred. He got the fans talking, and um, I I like the I like the friendly banter about it. What I don't like about it uh, is the friendly. Is the, well, no, no, not 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 with them, with uh AEW and NXT. I meant with the fans. But what I don't like is the tribalism about it. You know, it's cool to be like, ah oh, man, AEW is gonna win or NXT is gonna win. You guys suck. That's cool. But then when the tribalists come out, it just gets like ridiculously overdone. I mean, I, I thought it was fun. You know, when was the last time we sat down for a night of pro wrestling and you got this kind of excitement, you know, outside of what we were getting on the screen? You know, it, it kind of reminded me of the Monday Night Wars, you know, just for just for one night, you know. Um, I thought it was all fair and game to continue doing what you would normally do. And I'm giving NXT the, you know, the credit for the main roster talent. You know, you get like Oscar showing up and you got LA Knight showing up. I mean, because they've been doing that as of late. They didn't just start it for tonight. But The Undertaker is kind of where I drew the line. Like, come on, that's a little. uh, Come on, man. You pulled out the fucking Undertaker for this, man. But what did he do? He beat down Braun Breaker. He he actually got physical. Yeah, he did. Well, I mean, his fist did. I mean, he kind of beat down Braun Breaker, and um, I mean, and I I get it. Breaker gets Saudi's that. Saudi's around the corner, Jesse. What's up? Saudi is around the corner. Yeah, but NXT has been here for about a decade, Drew. How many appearances has John Cena and the Undertaker made? Oh, this is one hundred and fifty percent to counter program what the <laughs> other company was doing. And and that's what I, and that's what I mean. You, you you bring your A game, and if you have been bringing main roster talent to NXT to boost it up lately, and they have, then cool. You know, continue it. Even Cena, I'm giving him the benefit of that with Cena because he's been on programming as of late, and why not use him if you got him? But they seriously dug up the Undertaker just for this night. That that was that was the desperation reek for me. That was it. The only I think desperation. The pe- I think the pettiest thing they did was have Cody kick off NXT. That's, that's oh, what he does. That's what he no, does. But I, but I mean, yeah. what a way to take that knife and just kind of twist it. Your <laughs> guy kicking yeah. off you know, our show. That's just the way I look at it. I can see. Well, it. I mean, what difference does it make? I mean, AEW continued to do what AEW does. So they put on great yeah. pro wrestling and they counted with a great match with Brian Danson and Swerve Strickland. Meanwhile, like Jesse said, what what they start the show with twenty minutes of fucking promo? Yeah, I mean, we, we were we were over. I mean, with, with that bit, with that match and the match had implication too. Yeah, you're never going to get better professional wrestling, in my opinion, than what AEW puts no. out week after week. It's just the storytelling's not there. It was on Dynamite, though. Now, did, 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 both did, shows did, did what they were best known for. You know, like did, you said, did at NXT least, is promo and AEW's wrestling heavy. Did, did they know? at least take these legends and kind of 
I don't know, kind of mold them into the future of the company? Like, or, or was it just like, hey, man, hey, 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 we'll, they did. We'll, we'll get these big names as appearances and then we'll uh, fucking stick it to them. Do they have a point on the show? Well, I mean, we don't know what Braun and Taker are going to end up doing. Heyman did something with The Rock's daughter, which I thought was genius. He was showing her the bloodline thing. But other than that, I mean, Cena kind of hanging with Mello and all that other stuff, I don't think they're going to go further with that. Yeah. You think the Undertaker oh, wrestles Braun Breaker in Saudi? I think it's a tag match. Maybe uh, Cena and Taker taking on, you know, um, or maybe they do, I don't know, Mello and Taker versus Braun and somebody else. Who knows? That's, that's, I guess, listen, that's interesting. I mean, what, what a way to get those guys' feet wet on the main roster than working with those two guys. I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense in that regard. But like, we, all know, we all know that AEW's competition to WWE after them denying it for the last five years. I mean, it's not a secret. It's plain as day what they were doing. But Tony Khan's reaction, a lot of fans were kind of down on Tony Khan's reaction, acting a little immature. But, you know, I look at it as, A, it's his birthday. He could do whatever the fuck he wants. And, B... You know, Triple H was doing that same thing during the Attitude Era as well. I know they can't do that now because they're a publicly traded company. They got an image to uphold. But that's the benefit of Tony Khan not being a publicly traded company. He can say and do whatever the fuck he wants. But at some right. level, you got to have some sort of professionalism. But, you know, in the spirit of competition, Drew, I think uh, that type of enthusiasm is going to come out one way or another. A hundred percent. And I also, you know, if Twitter was around when Vince was 38 years old, who knows who he would have went after. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, they went, I, I, you know, I agreed. I don't know who put this out there on X or Twitter, but Vince went after Bob Costas on live or tape television. I love that. That was fucking great, man. So, I mean, you don't think that Vince McMahon would have gotten in, you know, retweeted somebody or re-X somebody or whatever? Come on. Well, I mean, we're going to get into the show tonight. I know uh, Jesse and, and Drew know a little bit more than I do about NXT, but we're not going to be covering NXT tonight. We're going to dive right into AEW Dynamite uh, on this evening. They did almost 45 minutes of commercial free right at the top. They went about till 8.45 commercial free. Uh, they waited until NXT went to commercial first, and then they went to commercial. So it was definitely uh, both companies trying to one-up each other. And then they had a 15-minute overrun when we were promised 10 so it was a long evening. It was uh, a lot of pro wrestling. Everybody was excited about tonight. Next week, it goes back to normal. But I want to thank you guys very much for joining us right here on a Tuesday night. Normally, Drew and I are live on Tuesday. Jesse and I are live on Wednesdays. Uh, things are a little different this week, obviously, with the scheduling. But if you want to follow us, you can follow Jesse at Chi-Town Smart. You can follow Drew at, at Andrew Baydala, And then me at JD from NY206. And that is on Twitter. And then uh, we'll try and get things back to normal as uh, we see fit here next week. But we're going to start at the top, man. What did you guys think of this Christian Cage uh, start to the show tonight with him starting in the production truck, man? It was a nice little change of pace for me. And then obviously with Christian being, I, I think, right now the hottest heel in the business, I mean, more of him on TV in any aspect is going to be a thumbs up from me. Right, Jesse. Yeah, no, I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was good, man. Um, I, it's not what I expected. And the one thing I, I I like about it is that it shows it shows Christian Cage's growth in the role that he's doing, that he was trusted with the spot to kick off a night that clearly Tony Khan felt was extremely important. And he he he, he I'm assuming he would put his best foot forward. And for him, he felt that that was Christian Cage because the run that he's on right now with that title and with this storyline. I can't disagree with him. It, it is it is extremely hot right now, man. And yeah, I mean, it looks like in, in AEW, Christian Cage right now, because MJF is, I'm not going to call him a baby face. I'm going to call him not a heel. And for that, yeah, Christian Cage is a top heel in AEW right now. 
Yeah, I think that was the way to kick off Dynamite. That's what everyone was talking about over the weekend. Um, even with Adam Copeland showing up on Collision, that didn't do the greatest of numbers, but it did better in that early time slot than it did in later time slots for the past weeks without one CM Punk. So, yeah, everyone and their mother is talking about Christian Cage and Adam Copeland. Christian Cage probably is on the run of his lifetime. And I, you know, love the way that AEW did this because it got people thinking to themselves, okay, is this going to kick off Dynamite? Is Copeland going to show up right now? And now nah, they made you wait till the end. So Christian started the show off and said that this is without a doubt the biggest Dynamite in history. Uh, I don't know if that's the case or not, but, uh, you know, you choose your battles there. I uh, said it's fitting that he's the first person everybody sees. He brought a Brian Danielson and Swerve Strickland, and the winner of that match is going to challenge him on Saturday night's collision for the TNT Championship. He says Swerve left, the, Swerve left a bad taste in his mouth when he cost him a tag team match at Wembley, so I like that they're kind of weaving that into uh, Christian's uh, dialogue here. He said Danielson fancies himself as the best wrestler in the world, but he can prove otherwise. Luchasaurus will end the reign of the Rated R Superstar, and uh, before Adam Copeland even gets started, Luchasaurus is going to take care of him and that he procured 30 minutes of Dynamite to be commercial-free. Now, we got this, this opening match between Brian Danielson and Swerve Strickland. This was a 16-, 17-minute affair, guys. It was a pay-per-view banger. I said it on Twitter myself on my end that if Brian Danielson is going to retire in a year's time or at least take significant time away from the ring and be a very, very, very limited part-timer, he's going to go out with a fucking bang, and he's going to wrestle everybody that he wants to wrestle. On the other hand, Swerve... I don't know if you can go back and look at the entirety of Swerve's career and find two better matches that he's had back-to-back -back than the ones he's had with Adam Hangman Page and Brian Danielson, guys. Right now, he's on the run of a lifetime. He's probably putting in the best work of his entire career, and he's starting to finally feel, and Jesse and I spoke about this last week, he's st finally starting to feel like a m true main event performer in look, in ring, and with the entire Mogul Embassy behind him with Nana, man. Everything is finally starting to come together. Yeah, he needs that. Jesse, you go first, man. Uh, I agree, man. Swerve, again, he he was put in the position, you know, when he started here to basically lock him in the mid-card, you know, as to be what it seemed. Then they tried making some adjustments. They tried adjusting, you know, his storylines. They gave him a crew. You know, they gave him a faction or whatever you might want to call that people that he they surrounded him with. Let's be honest, it sucked. All right. It was bad. It was terrible. The people that they surrounded him with were nowhere near the level of Swerve, which would mean that they're not helping bring Swerve up. Swerve can't bring up two guys who are going to basically do nothing. So he was just kind of stagnant right there. They changed some things up. They changed his crew. They put him with Prince Nana, you know, mogul affiliate. It started off a little cold. Um, it got traction. Nana got over. They put Swerve in the ring with top-notch talent. Hangman Page. They put him in the ring of Brian Danielson. Swerve is now in the talks of many of being in the main event picture very, very, very soon. They're finally using Swerve the correct way, and I have no problems with that. Yeah, um, I think AEW, just to kind of um, elaborate a little bit more on what Jesse said, 
I think AEW and, and JD, AEW needs another main event player, and Swerve Strickland's that guy. I mean, they he they absolutely need one. I mean, we have Jay White right now in MJF, which is great. Jay White was already an established main eventer. Swerve really wasn't on NXT, and even in WWE, now he is, in my opinion, AEW. And that, in my opinion, that's what tonight was all about for AEW. There's a lot of storyline advancements, and which we'll get into. And they they also made two men tonight. They made Swerve and they made Hobbs. And I think that's a big thing for AEW because that will be things that they need to do to continue to watch this company grow. And that's that's huge for AEW. Yeah, it's a, it's a big deviation, Drew, away from, and I know you and I have discussed this very uh, intently on TNT on Tuesday nights. Uh, AEW tends to start booking their pay-per-views maybe three, two weeks out sometimes. You start to see a whole card fleshed out, and we're asking each other, and we're looking at each other sideways, Where the, where's the fucking build? Like, w- what's going on? It, it's I don't know what happened. I don't know who's gotten in Tony Khan's ear. I don't know who he's now surrounded himself with. I know Brian Danielson's there, and he trusts Danielson. Jimmy Jacobs was just hired, and apparently Jimmy Jacobs is following Tony Khan around, and he's almost like his, his third eye. But... Whatever's going on there, seemingly things are starting to to come together. The glue is finally starting to, uh, you know, stick here with AW Creative. And we're getting these stories fleshed out over a longer period. And it's only going to make the pay-per-view better. It's obviously already making Dynamite better. But you see this, the, the sheer difference from what we were doing with All In, All Out. And now going from Grand Slam to Wrestle Dream and now on to Full Gear. It, it's a world of a difference. Yeah, and I think AEW is learning from their mistakes here. Um, with the past was always XWE guys kind of running the show and being their world champions. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but at some point in time, you got to deviate from that plan and kind of build your own guys. WWE needed to do it in the late 90s, uh, mid-90s with Sean and Brett and everybody else like that. So I, I like what they're doing. And for me, like you could have Christian Cage and Adam Copeland be a main focal point. It just doesn't need to involve your world championship, and it doesn't, thank God. So... Absolutely. Uh, this match here, well, number one contendership for the TBS, or not the TBS, the TNT title. TBS, TNT, well, same shit to me. TNT title. Um, apparently, with Adam Page and Swerve still feuding, I was wondering if they were going to go and do that and, and do that for full gear, guys. But now we know that Adam Page and Swerve are not done by a long shot. It looks to be that they will be in the ring together at full gear. Swerve actually lost this match because of uh, Adam Page coming down and stopping Nana from using the crown, Brian Danielson won with the Busaiko knee here. I've seen a lot of people, especially in my thread, guys, saying that the wrong winner uh, went over here. The wrong guy went over here, and Brian Danielson. Everybody wanted Swerve versus Christian for the TNT Championship. I don't know if I would want him in that position yet because he has unfinished business with Adam Page, and I think if you put him in that type of match he's undoubtedly going to have to win the championship. And I don't think he's ready for that yet. It's not his time. You'll know when his time comes. But, I mean, I don't know how anybody can scoff at Brian Danielson versus Christian Cage match for the TNT title. Jesse? Because Swerve is on, Swerve is on a streak. Swerve has um, had the momentum. Brian can lose and won't mean a damn thing. Um, a Swerve loss, you know, like tonight, I don't want to say derail his momentum. His momentum is still there, but it would only improve it. It would make it that much better, you know. Um, a win over Brian Danielson right now, after you know beating Hangman and you know and everything else, it would it would have looked great for the forward momentum of Swerve. It's nothing that can't be you know reestablished and put back on track. You know, next week, it's not a not a big deal. It's not buried. It's not all over. 
It just would have been a good look. That's all. I, mean, it, I don't think it's the end of the world that Brian won either. It would have been a good look, but then I, I feel like if we did swerve in Christian next week, the outcome that we got tonight probably would have been the outcome on Saturday, and he would have lost on Saturday anyway because of Adam Page. So why not do it now and just kind of have him move on to Page, have him beat Page, and then go on and maybe challenge for the championship when Christian inevitably loses that title? I mean, it would still be heel versus heel, no? I mean, who wants to see that? No one. Drew? Yeah, I think this was the right call, uh, truthfully, because of the points that you guys just made, plus some others. You don't, I mean, listen, you could have went swerving Christian Cage, and then everyone's going to say, well, Adam Copeland's going to cost Christian Cage the TNT championship, and it's going to go to swerve, et cetera, et cetera. That's the obvious outcome, in my opinion. I think Danielson losing this match, if he does to Christian Cage, has much more meaning towards Christian Cage and his ascension that he just beat Brian Danielson for the TNT. However, he gets it done. Okay, they're going to get it done. And maybe it does lead to a, a Danielson and Copeland tag match against Edge and Luchas or uh, Christian, sorry, and Luchasaurus. That's something that I think we could see Danielson and Adam Copeland teaming together. I don't know if it's ever happened. I'm sure Adam's got a bucket list. But for me, Swerve did not need to win this match to keep any momentum. He didn't. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with Drew there. I don't think uh, it's the end of the world with this one. And Brian Danielson ends up winning. And I feel like Christian, you know, it, it's tough when you look at Christian because I don't want him to lose that championship uh, for uh, for a while. I mean, I don't think uh, Adam Copeland's going to be the TNT champion at the end of all this. I'm sure that that title is going to be off of him before we get to that inevitable one-on-one -on -one match whenever Tony Khan decides to do that. I know that they're uh, going into Montreal in December. I believe that would be a great location for them to do that match. I know it's a dynamite but it's going to be very difficult for Tony Khan to not want to do that in Montreal because we know what type of promoter he is and what type of booker he but is. JD, that's the whole story, man. Uh, that's the whole story is Adam and Christian going one-on-one, -on -one and Tony is in, very, very good at holding In Canada for the first time instead of doing it on pay-per-view? I think he does. I'll be honest with you. I think that this gets drug out all the way to possibly all in. I, really I hope do. so. I hope that they have the resources to, do, the resources to do that because it's definitely worth the time. Well, think about it. And Jesse, you know, jump in here. AEW is fantastic at long-term booking. I mean, they are. It's just very long. When they times. try. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think fantastic is a strong word. Well, they, <laughs> it, takes, they, it takes many different avenues, but it's like, well, you know, eight months ago, these two had their beginning feud and all that other stuff. So, I mean... Yeah, when when they're when 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 they're focused on it and they want to you know hone in on it, they can put in some long term long term um, storytelling. It's normally reserved for like the top end of the card and things like that, but it has you know been starting to trickle down into like you know the mid cards and things like that. Um, here's the thing about waiting and prolonging for Adam and Christian. I mean, it, it's 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 something that. You know, we have to think about because it's it's happened before and then it likely could happen again is the the likelihood of one of these two men getting not only injured, but severely injured. So I don't know if I want to just wait to like all in to get it done, um, but I, I don't want to rush to it either. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so you got to kind of take it easy with with the storytelling because you don't want to fast track it. But as far as I mean, look at Brian Daniels and how many stories they tried to tell with him and an unfortunate injury to put him out too long past the pay-per-view date. And then it gets sidetracked. They tried it with Chris Statlander and then she got injured and then they had to wait for her to come back to finish that Jay Cargill story. And, you know, with, with the age of these two guys, I mean, it's, you know, no, no disrespect to them, but 
Edge said, or Adam, sorry, he said he wants to come back and work a full-time schedule, which means he's going to be wrestling more often than not. You got to pay attention to that and how they work, man, because the last thing you need is so one of them to get injured. It's going to derail a whole lot of long-term storytelling if it does. If it well, does. I, I argue and counter with WWE is doing it with Cody and Roman, essentially. That's what it seems like, so why can't AEW do it? Oh and AEW is doing it with MJF and Adam Cole. I would argue that WWE is trying to do it, but not doing it very well. The last I heard, they had Cody in a feud with Dominic Mysterio. You had him in the main event with Roman Reigns, and on the path to get back to Roman, he's infused with Dominic, and he's on NXT. I, well, I, I well, this is this is this is clearly the, we, the that's an issue. We Drew and I talked about that almost yeah. every week that we've been live. It's a problem. Yeah, I would argue. I would argue they're not they're not doing a good job at getting to them. I mean, they're gonna get getting to them and getting to them in a in a fantastic way are two entirely different things. They're just waiting it out and trying to buy time and have no plans and just throwing shit and see what sticks. That's not getting to them. You know, that's just we have nothing else for you, so let's start picking some shit up. They have no long term story to tell. They just want to get it to the next, you know, WrestleMania, which is not that's not a plan. I mean, what are you gonna do in the meantime? Well, I mean, we, I. I disagree to a certain extent. I think, and this is not that this show, but I'll say this. I think Cody was supposed to have a feud with somebody who's unfortunately no longer with us. God rest his soul. And they are doing the best that they can. They, I think they accelerated a storyline with him and Jay as tag team champions. But my point was, is that I think that we are seeing it in WWE. They're telling longer stories. And I think AEW could do this with uh, Adam and, and Christian. They could, it, you know, perfect world. You know, it, that's what we would want. The longer they take to, to do it, the, the bigger the payoff is gonna be. But if you're trying to if you're trying to stretch it too long and too far and the shit that you're doing in between starts making no sense, that's gonna affect the payoff when you get to the match that you want to do. So you gotta keep the you gotta keep us engaged in that story and in that build and everything else. That's the hard part. It it's it's easy to just say we're not doing this match till next year and we'll just come up with some booking and figure it out later. That's not getting us there. That means you have no real serious plans to get us there, and you're just trying to buy some time. And that's, so your problem that's is you don't story. you don't want AEW to 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 continue turning their wheels. You want them to do it when the time is right instead of stalling for a specific event. Is what you're saying? Don't, yes. Don't stall for it. Build towards it. If we're not getting it the be, next pay per view, what's the reason? Be, be, why? Because I mean, I don't want it to go too deep into 2024. But I mean, to, to say that they don't have enough resources to get it done, it's 20 plus years of relationship there. Uh, yeah. With both guys sharing a, a career. I mean, plus, I know that they're giving input to Tony Khan and his team. So, if anything, this entire storyline is going to be devised by them and where they want it to go. So, I know for a fact it's going to get to where it needs to be. I don't think that's going to be the problem. And I honestly think AEW right now with these two major storylines on Dynamite are doing better long-term booking than WWE right now. And what they got going on with the Judgment Day and the Bloodline and whatever, whatever else is going on. I, I do feel like it's more cohesive on Dynamite than it is on WWE television. Well, yeah, it, it kind of feels like the bloodline stuff has kind of fizzled. I mean, is that accurate? Uh, I th I think so. I don't, I don't know where they're going with it, but, you know. We're going to find out on Friday. Roman's back on Friday. At, I'm looking at split up Usos. Is that a good thing? I don't see it as a good thing. Jay, Jay, has, Jay has made the most of his singles run, man. I, I, don't, I just don't understand why they wanted him to be single, and then they put him in a tag team to win tag team championships when the whole thing was making him a singles performer. He's a tag team champion? Where the fuck have you been, man? You didn't watch, you didn't watch Fastlane. I didn't watch He's, Fastlane. Him, and, him no. and Cody are the tag team champions. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck is... Drew's over here. Look at this fucking geek, man. Where the fuck have you been, man? Sleeping? 
Why would you? Okay. Because they want to get to Jimmy versus Jay. They want to get to Jimmy versus and they want, Jay. They, 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 need, uh, they need Cody on yeah. SmackDown via logical reasons, man. Now he's the tag team champion. He can show up anytime he wants. Right. And now he gets to maybe continue the story with Roman. That's the whole thing. I guess so. I, it, it's not fair for me to come into the middle of it and then criticize it. I'm not in it. I'm not enjoying it. I'm not living it. So it's it's easy to be on the outside looking in and get spots and be like, that makes no sense. Well, maybe it makes sense if I was watching. I'm know. just happy that AEW is starting to tell more stories and they could give me something I could sink my teeth into a Jay white and MJF build. We're seeing an Adam Copeland and a Christian cage build. You know, we're seeing Adam Cole and MJF what's going on there. There's a lot of things here that I could sink my teeth into. And never mind that Samoa Joe is now targeting mm -hmm. uh, Mr. MJF. He's wearing a suit. He's got a cigar. He's got an old fashioned Joe is living life, man. He said he's soon to be AEW world champion. He said Saturday on Collision, his ascension to greatness will begin. Drew, what are they What are they planning here? Are they really stacking the deck here against MJF so when Adam Cole comes back, uh, MJF can blame everything on Adam Cole here? What, what's going on with Joe, Jay White, Adam Cole's not picking up the phone? What's going on here? Is Joe a part of Adam Cole and this whole thing that's going on? Could it I don't be? know. It could be. Could it be? I mean, listen, I'm going to throw that out there. Um, you know, there was a big, ominous man, because I don't think it was a chick that was behind uh, one of those masked uh, attackers. I don't know. It could be Joe. Obviously, you know, those people who were attacking Jay White a couple weeks ago were probably not going to fit the bill of the people who end up being them, which, yeah. you know, that happens. But, man, I they really are stacking the deck against MJF. MJF, week after week, is kind of talking about how Adam's his best friend. Can't you know, uh, For some reason, there's no cell service where Roddy lives. I mean, listen, I, I mean, live did in you the see boondocks. where he lived? Like, holy shit, man. Listen, I live in the boondocks. I don't really, <laughs> I, I like to be away from people. I like to get away. I like to, you know, be with my family um, and my neighbors. But man, we have cell service. So come on. I mean, so, you know, there's something there. And I think AW, I, I applaud AW for this type of storytelling. Oh, Je yeah. Jesse, yeah, you, 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 Jesse you happy to see Samoa Joe back now starting to kind of, uh, bleed a little bit more on AEW television and kind of move away yeah. from the Ring of Honor thing? Because I think that's yeah. going to be uh, something. That's something that we talked about, man. That was a long time coming. I think that once we get this Max deal announced at Ring of Honor, I, you know, let them do their thing. Samojo never needed to be a part of it. I'm happy he has now moved away from that. They spent a lot of money to get some of these talents over from WWE, and I want them to utilize them to their maximum potential. And Samoa Joe has some years left in him, so let's see it. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I'm Joe. Uh, uh, Joe is... Joe is starting to become just that, uh, just just that killer heel, you know, and 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 it's the kind of heel that we really don't have in AEW right now. So that that is his role, you know. Christian's more of the of the cowardly, talk shit, hide behind someone type heel, which is fine, you know. There's nothing wrong with it, but we just have different kinds of heels. Joe doesn't do that. Joe doesn't run. You know, Joe doesn't fucking, you know, shy away from a fight. Joe wants to fucking come at you. He'll come at you. He'll tell you he's going to fucking come at you. And that's the kind of heel that that that's another problem for Max. That That's a problem, man. I mean, because Joe is not someone to be fucked with in that regard. And so if he says he's coming after you, you have a fucking problem. And so now he's trying to worry about Joe. And now he's worried about if if his boy's going to have his back. We all get the strong feeling that Cole's going to turn his back on Max. Max has Max has his plate full. We, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. MJF has his plate full. He's he has a few different things going on. Everyone wants the the championship title. All of this makes sense. I never understood why 
the world champion has only one person at a time looking for him. Everyone should be trying to get that fucking title. You know, Jay White wants it. Clearly, he fucking stole it. Joe wants it. You know, I mean, clearly, Adam Adam Cole's going to want it soon. He has a lot in his plate. That's good to fucking see. It's good to see him have some vulnerability out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, lo- I'm loving what they're doing with MJF. Uh, we'll, we'll get to him in a second because we finally got that old Max coming out. Uh, still a baby face, but it's exactly how I envisioned it. And, and Jay White and the Bullet Club being uh, very reminiscent of high school bullies are starting to bring out that uh, that old school MJF back to AEW television. We'll get there in, in a little bit, but the next match that happened tonight, uh, I expected a lot more of guys here, Chris Jericho and powerhouse Hobbs. Now we didn't get, this is the only part I didn't really like. We didn't get an explanation as to why Hobbs joined Don Callis and the Don Callis family. Hopefully that is coming soon. They came out there and we got what was about a seven, eight minute match. The only offense in this match that Jericho got was a uh, code breaker and a walls of Jericho. And that was it. And this was honestly a complete beat down and evisceration of Chris Jericho powerhouse powerhouse Hobbs here just dominated him spine busters and he eventually got the one, two, three on Chris Jericho in about seven minutes. Now at first glance, Drew, I'll ask you first. I actually like this because Hobbs needs this. This is not the first opportunity that they've tried with Hobbs. He's been in team Taz. He's been with QT Marshall. Now he's with the Don Callis family. Hopefully this sticks and we get some sort of explanation, but it was a statement win for, for powerhouse Hobbs. But at the same time, in my opinion, it was a statement loss for Chris Jericho because the way I look at it, it's almost as if they wanted to tell you that Chris Jericho isn't cut out for the main event anymore and that he's old and he can't do it anymore. Is that is that what they're going for only to rise him back up again in this story? Yeah, I think there's it's a twofold story here, right? I think they're making Hobbs a made man. That's what I got from tonight. I mean, you don't get any bigger than beating Chris Jericho, especially on AEW. So I think this is Hobbs' last ditch effort to say, hey, we we think you got a lot of talent in you. Jericho's going to do business for you. Let's see where it goes. Uh, and I, you know, Jericho to do that type of business shows you how much he believes in Hobbs too. Uh, that's that. The other thing I think is that this is starting to show the unraveling of Chris Jericho because he no longer has his buddies to help him. Guevara turned on him. You saw some of, you know, the other JAS members kind of check on him when they were backstage. And he was saying, um, I, uh, daddy magic, I believe it was right. Um, yeah. said, Hey, you know, come on, get away from him. We're done here. You know, we're, we're, we're past this. So I think they're basically showing that Jericho really isn't anything without his buddies, which will eventually lead to Chris Jericho's re rise by himself. Yes. Whether he's a main event player, I don't know. The best thing that's happening right now in AW television is that Chris Jericho is putting over younger talent and he continues to do so. Yeah. Jesse, what do you think of this? Will Hobbs uh, win over Jericho in dominating fashion. Are, are you confident that they're going to take Will Hobbs to the next level? Like we know that he should be because you know, he's been very impressive as of late. If he doesn't WWE will. Oh, absolutely. Him and Wardlow. Yeah. So I don't think that Jericho losing in the fashion that he did has any indication of like, you know, He's, you know, too old for this. I can't do this anymore. I just think it's Will Hobbs is a fucking killer, you know, which is this mean the story they're trying to tell. They are clearly always trying to find something for Hobbs. You know, they had him in one thing, like you said, and this thing and that thing and the TMZ thing and didn't work. I like that they're trying. You know, we've been complaining that Will Hobbs deserves better and he should be booked better and he's not sitting stagnant. He's in they're trying different things. They tried something here that didn't work. They shifted, you know, right away. They shifted. They'll pivot. They'll move to do something else. 
they may have found something that sticks right here. They're booking him like a killer, as he should be booked. Um, if you're gonna beat him, you gotta make it count. You gotta make it believable. You know, gang up. You know, weapons. Do what you gotta do. Just keep him strong. And I think they're doing a good job at trying to convince us what we already believe, and that's Will Hobbs is a beast, and it should be you know treated as such. Do you have any? Jericho's, possible, I'm, I'm sorry, Drew. I was gonna ask Jesse. Do, do, do you think, uh, or both of you guys, do, do you have any possible reason as to why he joined the Don Callis family? I don't know where. What the possible explanation could be? No. Uh, I just think it's easier to, for Hobbs right now to have a mouthpiece, right? So Don Callis yes. is a fantastic mouthpiece. And listen, you know, Brock Lesnar had a mouthpiece for so many years and continued to, and he needed it. And he was one of the biggest and still is one of the biggest attractions and superstars in the game. This also happened uh, because Jericho's going on his tour with Fozzie and he needs to probably take some time off and stuff like that. I believe his world tour starts in uh nine days so you know jericho could obviously tony would send him the jet and everything else like that to make the dynamite and all this other stuff but if jericho says hey i really want to focus on the tour with my guys and everything else i mean this is the perfect kind of write-off for him yeah yeah i think for the role that they get for hobbs and 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 callus's family i don't think we really need like a rock solid explanation to be honest i mean he found a guy that's a you know a killer and a beast and he was stuck in mediocrity and he thinks, you know, joining his family could be the best for him in his career. He's going to make him a star. So he's going to make, you know, Takeshita a star and everything. Because he was not doing anything specific. And to be doing this now is like, well, why is he doing it? Because he's a heavy. Because he's a big fucking strong guy. You know, the same way like when Big Bill debuted. I'm like, why did he bring in this guy? Because he's a big fucking guy and he's a heavy and he can whoop some ass. And I'm yeah. going to make him a star, basically. Hey, I listen. wouldn't be surprised if Jericho sat back and was like, this is one of the guys I want to put over. You know? Yeah. Oh, this yeah, is absolutely. one of the guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, as long as it ended QT, uh, QT stuff, uh, QTV, whatever the, whatever the fuck that was. I mean, uh, that was just a lost cause there. But, um, I mean, MJF mentioned that AEW is uh, a bunch of different ice cream flavors for every for everybody. I mean, there's a ton, ton of different flavors for everybody to enjoy with the styles that AEW provides to the viewer. So is the Don Callis family, man. You couldn't be more different. You got Sammy Guevara. You got Kanosuke Takeshing out Powerhouse Ops. I mean, you, you couldn't find three more, uh, three guys more different than those guys. So I actually like it. And Don Callis is a heat magnet, so it's always great television. Callis is the the mouth. Uh, Takeshita is the technical. And Powerhouse is the powerhouse. Yeah. I think it's a nice little faction right there. It all fits. We don't need an in-depth explanation. Powerhouse is just a big motherfucker. Yep. We got Roderick Strong, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, and Adam Cole at Roddy's house. Cole said he's been at his house for a week, which, I mean, I don't know why he's at his house for a week doing chores uh, since the last his fucking week. neck is hurt. Uh, I don't know. So what about his ankle, though? He got a wheel car thing for that. You can't wheel your neck around. This is all good long-term storytelling. Why hasn't Cole, why has he delayed his surgery? Where, why, why, MJF's got to ask these questions, right? He's, he's helping his friend. What is wrong with you people? He has to help his friend. His friend is in need. I don't know why the king Man, is not reeks, helping him, but this, whatever. This reeks, of a fucking, this, this reeks of a fucking work. I'm sorry. There's no way this man needs <laughs> surgery, man. There's no way this man's put off surgery already. Come on. Oh, I mean, I, I, me and you kind of had this discussion privately. I yep. do believe it is a, uh, a very elaborate work. Now, now he's Drew. He's he's went on his Twitch. He, he plays video games on Twitch. He's got his whole. Yeah. His I own don't know this. Go ahead. His own dedicated community. He wants to separate the gaming community from on Twitch from the wrestling community. And, and apparently, he's very open and honest about things in his life with his Twitch community. And he does say he he says he needs screws and plates, and he needs he may need two surgeries. 
Now, is he going to take it that far, if that's the case, to lie to his, to his Twitch community to sell a storyline for the first time ever? I think it's possible. He got Brett out there covering for him. He got, I know you and I talked about Justin Labar. Justin Labar is a, a great colleague. Uh, you know, I've learned a lot from him. He doesn't really tweet about things that are very, like, out there and open, man. He's very low-key, and he's even tweeting shit about this. I'm like... Whoa, man, Lombardi, that's a red flag yeah. for me, man. What's going on here? I had to put on my glasses because I don't want you to see my constant eye rolls when we talk <laughs> about this. Because, I mean, it is just, to me, it screams of a work. And if I'm getting, if this is a good work and I'm getting worked, and so be it. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, all it takes is Brit to text Justin and be like, hey, can you, you know, put this stuff out? I mean, listen, I know Justin tweets. Sorry about your Orioles, bud. I know Justin tweets, but come on. Um, I, this all just, and what better platform for Adam to use to kind of like sell the surgery even more is his Twitch channel because yeah. he knows that you and everybody else who loves professional wrestling are going to check it out and try and be friggin' internet detectives. I, I just don't see it. Well, he's out there cutting grass and Roddy needs him to cut the grass. Cole went on to mow his lawn using his leg scooter to support himself. And they went in the house where Cole asked about, you know, what's the deal with this giraffe? Taven said it was a gift for Strong and went into details on why the giraffe was symbolic. And I didn't see you get Roddy any gifts, says Taven. Taven says it was a gift. Cole says he's sorry he asked. Cole asked why there's no cell service or TV, which played a role later in the show. Uh, he said he wanted to see Max on Dynamite. Strong said the TV is the devil. Cole said that he had to leave, and Strong said he just needed one more thing. Nobody knows Say what that, that is. What, is what, it, what is TV? TV is the devil. Uh huh. Uh -huh. It's your Easter egg. Well, why don't you explain it to everybody that might not know what the Easter egg is? The devil. Colombo. The, the devil. devil. Yes, TV is the devil. Yes, MJF yeah. is the devil. Yes. Right. I mean, I listen. I'll play investigator here too. I mean, you want to know? Let's let's get some CSI up in here. I mean, they're they're hinting at it, aren't they? Yes, they're very much hinting at it. I mean, I, the, the one thing I there's a, listen. I love Roddy. I think Roddy's doing some of the best character work of his entire life, honestly. But the level of humor compared to when MJF and Cole were doing it to now uh, Roddy and Cole with, with the kingdom. It, it's a different level of humor. More more so, I, I like MJF and, and Cole. That's more my sense of humor. How are you guys feeling about the skits? Are they hitting for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, go first. Go ahead. Those are fucking great, man. It, you know, it... It, it, maybe it's just the Adam Cole factor, man. The guy, when he does these skits, when he did them with MJF, they were fucking gold. Now he's doing them with Roddy. Roddy killed. Roddy has already been killing this gimmick anyway. So I mean, no, it's, no, it's Max as well. So maybe it's just the AEW production thing, the producers who's writing these skits. I don't know, but they're always good every fucking week. All of them, fucking all of them, man. They are fucking hilarious. Um, I do think Adam Cole is hurt. Unfortunately, I, I, I really wish you guys were right. That's a work, but anytime you take Adam Cole off the road and you don't put them on TV and in the ring, you're hurting yourself. I mean, and to just to sell a storyline, to get it down the road, it's, it's not worth it. If you're, if you're a guy who's trying his best to put on the best TV and to get the best ratings and everything possible, taking one of your main stars off the road and out of the ring, it's probably not a good idea. You can come up with a better way to move a story along than take Adam Cole out of the wrestling ring. So I, I think it's legit. Unfortunately, I hope I'm wrong. He's still on TV. He's doing vignettes, dude. I know, but they're not, they don't have house shows or anything. I mean, they don't, Cole better not be wrestling on Collision and, and Rampage. 
He's not wrestling at all. Well, he shouldn't be. That's what I'm saying. Well, wait, they've so, kept... so why why do you want him off television if he's if he's hurt? Like what? Like if he, if he really yeah, what is does hurt, that do? Well, if he's if he's really hurt, why don't you want him on television? I mean, that, that's great if they if they're able to still sell the storyline for you. Well, he's got to have his surgery soon, so he's gonna be yeah, off television. Soon. Yeah, maybe. So we don't know yet. I don't think there's a surgery yeah. coming. Hope not. I hope not either. I hope not either because he's going to be out for a very long time. Yeah, he is, man. My wife is, um, she's a CNA and she saw the injury and she said it does not look good. She said, if that is real, that does not look good. Yeah, same thing. My yep. wife is an OR nurse and yep. she said the same thing. She said, if that's <laughs> accurate, he's out 12 to 18 months. <laughs> yes, he's out a long fucking time. Oh, so that's God. why it is a work, 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 work. Yeah, I'm telling you right you now. I hope so. I'm sticking with it, man. I called it day one. I'm sticking with it. Uh, Ray Phoenix and Orange Cassidy. This was for the International Championship. Yes, Orange Cassidy wrestling for the International Championship. It was supposed to be John Moxley. Tony Khan came out on the buy-in and said that John Moxley was not medically cleared. Uh, that's a great thing, number one, because Moxley's health is first, uh, you know, most important. Uh, second, uh, he can find anybody else to fill in to have a great match with Ray Phoenix tonight. It was Orange Cassidy. Match went five minutes. I know Ray Phoenix is uh, rumored to be injured. Back yeah. injury and probably other minor injuries because he's one of the most reckless fucking performers in the entire world. Because he's Ray Phoenix. <laughs> he's Ray Phoenix. And th- this match went five minutes, and we have a new international champion, guys. Uh, I don't know how any of you felt about it, but if Moxie was here, obviously he would have been taking the title off of Ray Phoenix. Orange Cassidy wins the championship here. He's the new champion. It, it almost felt like... You know, Tony Khan wanted to take this championship off of him by any means necessary. As soon as he won it, he was conspiring to come to a decision on how he's going to take the championship of Ray Phoenix. And and fortunately, you know, for Tony here, unfortunately, he's hurt. So he has a good reason. And Orange Cassidy, a second title reign. Are you guys excited about that? Because I know the first one was really good, but I just feel like he's going to hold it until John Moxley comes back and we're going to go right back to square one. Drew. Um... I think it's a lot of unfortunate events for Tony and the hot potato of this international, you know, championship that wasn't a hot potato at all. I mean, Cassidy held the title for a long time and then lost it to Moxley, which I think was a good loss. And then we had the unfortunate incident with Moxley uh, and Ray Phoenix and now Ray Phoenix and Cassidy. So a second reign for me. Yeah, I'm invested. Um, It makes the most logical sense. Clearly, this championship was supposed to go back to Mox and it just hasn't happened because Mox was a never supposed to lose it. And B, now we're in a situation where Mox can't get cleared. So um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But I do think that they need to stop hot potatoing the title. Like, we don't need Mox to regain that championship. He can go somewhere else and do something else. Yeah, I I, I agree with Drew there. Jesse, how do you you feel about Orange Cassidy with a second reign? Do you feel like it maybe takes away from the match that he and Moxley had when Moxley beat him for the championship? And are you kind of disappointed now with him being the international champion that it might deviate away from what he was doing with Hook because they were supposed to start a tag team? Or you think that could still happen as the international champion? I think think the injury injury bug sucks. Um, For creative, and I kind of feel bad for TK for having to come up with something as far as that that title. But I can't say I can't sit here and say I'm excited that Orange Cassidy is champion again. Um, I look, I get it, man. You had to get the title off of him. I get it that it's it's easy to just put it back on Orange and just try to figure out from there. But I mean, it would have been. 
little bit more refreshing if they would have found us a different course altogether and just came up with a different champion and just started a whole new storyline going forward because the guys you had playing for that title have collectively come up injured. Okay, so he they tried giving it to Moxley. Moxley got hurt. Um, they went with Phoenix, you know, in, in an audible. So they didn't want it on Phoenix to begin with. So you got to figure out where to put it. So instead of coming up with a new holder, it just put it right back on the original. And it seems like we hit the reset button and it's not exciting at all. I felt like Orange Cassidy has already done everything that he can and needed to do with and for that title. So to put it back on him, it just kind of does seem like a step back for the title when it just could have went with a different direction altogether. I understand that may have interrupt your long-term plans as far as Moxley and what you wanted to do with that title. But if Mox is not cleared, Mox just isn't cleared. Come up with a new direction. And no, putting it back on orange is not a new direction that's just hitting the refresh button. I think that was not the best idea to go with. I don't think they have a choice, though, Jesse. Of course they have a choice. They have a whole roster full of talented motherfuckers. Listen, you know, I, I like Moxley as champion. I thought it was going to be something a little bit more... Uh maybe long-term to get that championship out of the hole that it's in because it started to feel too much like the TNT title where it was like a TV title and defended randomly with open challenges. Now, Christian Cage has done tremendous with the TNT title. It's more like their intercontinental championship now, and he's bringing some level of prestige back to it. I wish that that long-term booking would actually kind of float over to the international championship, but this may be an opportunity, like Drew said, I think that's a great point, to move Moxley away from this because I do think it's beneath him. And I just felt like Tony Khan put him in that situation because he's basically done everything else he could do at the top of the card. And he's not going to be back there anytime soon with MJF feuding with almost everybody. But now this opens up the door to maybe get Swerve instead of having Swerve go after the TNT, TNT title. Maybe Swerve goes after the international championship. Or maybe we move someone like Miro or Malachi Black coming back from a tag team element and doing him in a single against Orange Cassidy because both of those guys would fit the bill perfectly for the international championship. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, give me Ricky Starks, give me Swerve, give me anybody. I, but I, I think what needs to happen here is that that international championship has been basically your wrestlers who's going to wrestle every night, every dynamite, and defend it. And I don't think Mox's body, just like Brian Danielson's, can handle that. Yeah. I know he's tried, but we are starting to see the deterioration of both these men. Uh, and that's unfortunate, but it's just the nature of this unforgiving business. So putting that championship on Mox and making him trot out every Wednesday night and defend it, I think is not the most logical choice here. No, I'd put it on. I, I would put it on someone like Takeshita. I mean, give the Don Callis family some rub. That that would be a great, uh, you know, representative for that title as well. Jesse, what do you think about that? Yeah, Takeshita would be great. It, it's not. It's not about you know having someone to put the title on. And they can they can throw a fucking dart at the wall of roster and hit someone that's qualified to carry that title and do something fantastic with it. It's just a matter of how do you get to that person this quickly and short of notice because of the quick injuries. So I get it. And it seems that we may have shied him away from ever doing another vacant title again or, you know, an interim champion again. So he just kind of just like, well, put it on this guy and put it on this guy. It's not a in, bad thing, Jesse, though. Yeah. In, in this particular instance, if, if maybe it feels like a vacant title would have been best for this particular situation. Because, again, putting it back on Orange Cassidy just, seem, just seems a little counterproductive because he killed it. He already killed it. It's already done. There's nothing more for him to do with that title. And now he has it again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this to the both of you here. What if the story they're trying to tell is Cassidy and Hook? 
Hook ends up winning that championship. That's a, that's a very good observation. You know, Hook doesn't really have a championship that's recognized by AEW as a real championship. Oh, and they're and buddies right now. Uh, Hook had a backpack. I thought maybe he was going to hand the backpack to Cassidy to put the championship in. He didn't. There's just some things that I think that we, you know, we get. I give TK a lot of shit. I do because I, you know, I think he's all over the place. But he he does really, you know, circle the wagon sometimes. And I think this is something we might be missing. It's a possibility. I don't mind that at all. Hook and uh, Orange Cassidy for that title, I would uh, totally get behind that. Uh, how do you guys feel about this Tony Storm gimmick now that it's finally starting to be fleshed out on AEW television? RJ City and Tony Storm, I like the dynamic between these two. I wasn't a big fan of RJ City uh, in the first place, but I do think that him being almost like a number one interviewer for Tony Storm, like uh, she's got him in his ba- in her back pocket. You know, he's uh, solo for, for her. I think that works. And now the gimmick is starting to be fleshed out on TV where there are rumors, Drew, about Mariah May coming over from Stardom. Now, I don't know if you guys know who she is or if you know her work. I don't really know her work, but I know what she looks like and who she is and where she comes from. But the idea is to take someone who's just as beautiful, I would say, as Tony Storm, make her a protege and have her learn under Tony Storm in a new stable as she continues her uh, her battle against, I, I, I guess, against the old outcasts. What do you think about this entire rumor going around that she's going to have a stable? Drew. Uh, I don't hate it. Um, this is a perfect example of me, uh, and you should all take this lesson. When they aired these short films, silent films, and they were, the box was this big, and then there was the commercials, I was like, are they, is there something wrong with AEW? Like, have they not learned that? I was like, oh, this is part of the bit. And I was about to tweet, like, wow, way to really screw up these, these silent films. That's the bit. The bit was, is that, you know, it was this big and everything. And we had the commercials and Tony was kind of overlooked. But you still her... couldn't see it though. Like I, had, no, but, I, like, I couldn't but fucking see what was going that's, on. I was about to rant on Twitter or X and be like, But there what was music this? in the background. The mu- Like they, they actually uploaded it to Twitter and the music made it that much better. Like you couldn't hear anything. I think that was the bit, though. I think they were kind of like basically overshadowing Tony, and Tony gets overshadowed again. Maybe, maybe, cinem- maybe, maybe, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. In her cinematic masterpiece, you know? Yeah. I think that was the bit. And I almost went to X and was like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to rant here because AEW's just dropping the ball. But I love what Tony Storm's doing. You want to talk about a company who dropped the ball, WWE dropped the ball with Tony Storm, and AEW picked up with it and kind of, you know, hit a, hit a home run or a slam dunk if we're going to continue with the ball reference here. But um, I don't mind the stable. Does she need it? No, but I don't hate it. She's taking on protégés. Go for it. Jesse? They tried stables with Tony Storm. It didn't work. I don't want to see it again right now. She's solo right now as she's staying. We just got done saying how Tony Storm is in this new gimmick. We love it. She's killing it. Fantastic. Doing great stuff. Every week she does something different. I like it. And now we're going to talk about putting her back in the stable. She's doing great. She does not need a stable right now. Let her finish this gimmick out right now. It's fucking killing. Will the stable make it better? I don't know. Maybe or maybe not. What I do know is that this gimmick right now is killing it. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Let her play it out. Maybe come up with a stable down the road for it after after this run has run its course with this new gimmick. But hold on for a minute. This is working. Continue it. It is working. She does not need a new stable right now. Not yet. And correct me if I'm wrong. She was mocking the commercials. Like I, when they were doing a car commercial, she was like in the thing doing the commercial. I was like, wow, that's, that's genius. 
But well, you JD, dissected I, that more than I did, man. I was like, what the fuck, man? I just want to well, hear I was, goddamn music with this silent film. I was pissed because I was like, I kind of want to see this because I'm invested in her character. And then I was and I was sitting there and I'm and I'm like, what what in God's name? And then I was like, oh, this is part of the bit. I had to give it a second. I had to give I had to calm now down, which all of you should before you tweet. My, well, the, my good, good thing I have to... level headed guys here with me. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. My wife told me the same thing. I was, I, I literally said, I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. I said the same thing. Like, well, we can't even hear this movie of hers. What are we, what are we doing? And she was sitting right away. She said, they said it's a silent film. I said, oh, I missed that part. I was glancing over my other screen at NXT. But yeah, no, it, I, I get it. I get the bit. It was fantastic. I will go back and watch it with the music. Because a silent movie does need music and another commercial behind the, Silent movie is not that great, but I get the gimmick. I like the gimmick. I'm falling in love with the gimmick to change it and add a layer or, you know, things like that could be premature. Let's see where this goes. She, right now, if I'm, if I'm, if I, if I think about it for a second, she is the hottest thing in the women's division right now. You know, run with it, run with it, man. Longer, longer, uh, the day's gone of, uh, her being cream pot on WWE television. Huh? Whoa. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right. Well, PG show. It's a family program. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, really? Man. Man. I, 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 I at least I need to get a reaction out of you guys. Man. I do it. Whoa. Listen, haven't you gotten enough heat from the women's division? <laughs> oh. Listen, I'm only joking, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, yes, it's great. And, um, you know, I see her as the women's champion again eventually because I don't know how you don't give her the championship at the end of this run with this gimmick, but. She's killing it, a, and it's character development, which, again, we don't really see on AEW television, and they let Tony Storm just kind of own this gimmick, and now they, they, they see it taking off, and now they want to put her on TV more, which is great. Yes. Yeah, that was the one mistake here tonight was that women's championship, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Wardlow, too. What you, Wardlow, man. <laughs> Listen, um, I know Jesse and I have ranted on Wardlow for uh, – Many, many weeks, and it's not because we don't like Wardlow. We, we are big fans of Wardlow. We are big fans of what he brings to the table, and we are actually upset that Tony Khan dropped the ball after that MJF feud and seemingly didn't know what to do with him. And I just get a feeling that, again, they don't know what to do with him because they're going back to the well again with the same thing that they did the first time with him beating jobbers. Not like, not like Matt Seidel's a jobber, but I mean... He's more of a, an enhancer. I didn't even know the guy was still on the roster. Me neither. I mean, I thought he was Ring of Honor, but here he is on uh, on Dynamite tonight. One minute, Powerbomb Symphony, Wardlow shows up. He leaves through the arena. He doesn't even look at anybody. He go, goes and jumps the barricade and then walks out of the building. But what, what, are, we, what are we doing here? And, and is this AEW just kind of churning their wheels and just doing whatever they can with Wardlow until his contract runs out because they don't know what the fuck they're doing? And how do you think Wardlow feels, Drew, about this? Now with the rumor that and it is a rumor that Triple H is now 99.9% in charge and they see, you know, the sheer differences of Monday Night Raw becoming a, a much better show. You know, w with him taking over like that, and, and if that continues, Drew, and then someone like Warlow's contract comes up, it, it's going to be a no-brainer on what he needs to do for his career because it ain't happening in AEW. No, and I mean, you know, there's going to be different things here, right? I mean, some... WWE contracts will come up, and if AEW wants to overpay for them um, or just be the highest bidder, then they're going to go there too. And in this case, I think Wardlow, Hobbs, Starks, all these guys and some of the girls are going to get looked at. I think AEW doesn't know what to do with a big man. Um, 
It would be nice if they started to, because he has a ton of talent uh, needs, obviously a manager maybe to get some better mic work. Uh, but him and Hobbs, man, they are tailor fitted for WWE. And I really hope AEW does something with them. So at least they can keep one of them. Jesse, how are you feeling about this uh, this Wardlow destroying jobbers bit and then leaving uh, through the through the crowd? What, what do you feel about this, man? I mean, this is old fucking news now. I, so we wanted Wardlow back on TV. Yes. All right, we got it. And now we're saying that well, it's not really doing anything. It's just out there with jobbers and just walking out of the ring through the crowd. I think we need to relax and wait a second and let the man. Tell his new story. He's in the ring, squashing people. Why is he leaving through the crowd? Why is there MJF written on his wrist tape? What is going on with Warlow's head? Why, what now, is going I on? With I him? didn't see that. Was that the case? I mean, I'm 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 fucking on my phone and tweeting and all this other shit. He did. He had MJF on his wrist tape. Yeah. So that was my next question to to you so, guys. I mean, what do we do with so, Warlow going into the future? I mean, MJF's got no friends. Do we see a rekindling so, of their friendship here? Well, I mean, I was gonna. All right, go ahead, get to it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. All right, so uh, let's find out what Warlow is doing. He's walking out through the crowd. He's just squashing people's leak and then leaving. No promos, nothing special. And when they had nothing for Warlow, he was somewhere in catering. We didn't see him. I think they have something for Warlow now, and it just may take some time to tell the story. So let's see where they go with it. I mean, we're not going to get him on TV one week and then world title feud, and then push him into somebody else's storyline, he could be starting a new storyline. He could be slowly getting ready to let us know what he's going to do. Maybe he's going to turn heel. You know, we don't know. Maybe he's going to join MJF. Maybe he's a part of the fucking, the 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 the, the faction beatdown from the other week. We don't know. Let's see where it goes. He just started. We're already ready to push him off the WWE. Let's see if they got a plan for him or not. Now, if this continues week in and week out and goes nowhere, then yes. But right now, I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the side of let's see where they're going with it because maybe they have something for him. All right, all right. Nicely said. We'll we'll uh, we'll let it play out. Let's, let, let's see. We'll you guys do that sometimes. What? Right. Let it play out? I don't let it play yeah. out. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, clearly I'm impatient. Um, we uh, go from that to Renee. Uh, fun fact: Renee actually called Adam Copeland Edge on the buy-in. I laughed and chuckled, but uh, I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. It's gonna. How happen. can you not? How yeah, can yeah. you not? Uh, Renee approached Jericho backstage, and a trainer was icing his shoulder. All of a sudden, Danny Garcia walks up and wanted to check on him, but Matt Menard, Daddy Magic, took issue with Garcia caring and said, "You know, we're better than this." And Renee said she tried to get more info on Jericho later, as Jericho was selling the effects of the beatdown from. Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, what, what do you make of this? Are we going to start to see some of the old JAS members kind try and uh, kind of get back in Jericho's good graces here and say, you know what? We actually do care about this guy, Drew. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, I think Jericho's going to take some time off here. Um, but, yeah, I think it's basically like, uh, hey, you know, we left that guy in the dust, and now, look, he's crumbling without us. So, what, you know, what story are we telling here? Does he need the JAS to be relevant? It seems like he does, right? Yeah. So. Which is only going to make those guys in the JAS look bigger. There you go. Boom. Adam Page and Jay White. Jay White's out there with Bullet Club Gold, Austin Gunn, Colton Gunn, and Juice Robinson. And then he's got the uh, the cardboard cutout of Jay White, which they're calling Cardblade. And uh, this was and a the great. tricycles. 
Yeah, and tricycles, yes. And they were uh, lounging at ringside watching this match like they were fucking lounging in their living room watching Dynamite. But this was a great match. This uh, actually went the longest of all the matches tonight. 20 minutes between these two. First time meeting in AEW. Another pay-per-view caliber match. Uh, I thought this was great, but not as good as the Open with Brian Danielson and Swerve. But just like the Open, guys, we got Swerve losing because of Paige interjecting from Nana cheating. And now we got here, we got Nana coming out and ending the match because he stopped the match from going in Paige's favor and he he thwarted Paige from winning the match. So I like the fact that they're going and weaving these two stories throughout the show and we're going to get that match again at some point, potentially at full gear with Jay White getting the pin over Adam Hangman Page. That is a win he needed because he's going to be the challenger for MJF at the pay-per-view. And then MJF comes out and he called Mr. Jay White a son of a bitch. He says he got the main event he wanted for full gear. He asks for Triple B back. He's asking nicely here, or uh, as nice as MJF could. He's asking for the belt back, and Jay uh, did not want to give him the belt back. Crowd started chanting, shut the fuck up, because he said nobody wanted to hear MJF talk. MJF said he'll be the bigger man, and he knows Jay better than he knows himself, and basically went on and said that, you know, you're pulling out the MJF card. Those guys around you, you know, they are only there for obvious reasons. They're going to dump you when uh, they don't need you anymore, and you only have them, and you're using them to get where you need to be. It's basic MJF 101, he said. He said uh, when he looks in the mirror, he doesn't hate the reflection. He said for the first time in his life, he's earned the fans' respect. says he cares about his brother, Adam Cole, who's out injured, and he needs two surgeries. They're just throwing it in your face now. He said he also cares about the belt. He said that his livelihood and his legacy is also very important said, when you win the title, it means you're the best wrestler in the world. He said, if those schmucks weren't surrounding him, he'd have already taken the belt back. He says he doesn't let that cloud his judgment, though. He knows Jay White is, is an elite-level superstar. He said someday he will join the club as having been the AEW champion. He told him to do the hard thing for once and do what he's done and dig deep, be a man, show some dignity and respect to the sport and the fans, and give him back what he has not yet earned. And the rest of the guys are laughing. I mean, MJF trying to be the good guy here, but they're all laughing at him like they're schoolyard bullies. So Juice, uh, Drew, pulls out a roll of quarters, and he starts flaunting the roll of quarters, $10 worth of quarters, in MJF's face from the ring, and then says that there's a dynamite diamond dozen battle royal next week for MJF's dynamite diamond ring. Says he's going to win that battle royal and hold everything he owns he says he's when he's done, he's going to give him a present. He pulls out the quarters. And um, a lot of people didn't like this, man. With what's going on in the world today, you know, uh, a lot of people thought this was uh, kind of lowbrow for, uh, for AEW. What would you guys make of this segment up until the role of quarters got involved here? I'm going to pass on this one. Okay. Jesse? I just, you know. Yeah, it, it, I, was, it was in bad taste. It was in bad taste. I don't think it meant to be in bad taste, yes. but they should have done some more research on yeah. it. I know what they were trying to hit on. He was bullied MJF with the quarters and stuff yeah. like that, but it's just, nah, yeah, especially not what's going on uh, right now. Uh, Jesse, what'd you make of this entire segment? You, do, do you feel like we talked about on dynamite, man, you know, MJF is starting to find a, finally start to mold himself into that tweener. seems like the bullet club is starting to bring that out of him, man. Like he's starting to realize that he's earned the fans respect and he can, be that angry MJF when he needs to, especially now that he's got no fucking friends around him. 
I love how you set me up with a question, then answer it for me, and then want my opinion. You, you cannot just give me your opinion. You I just, think he's protecting you. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, like you want to let me speak, or you want to speak for me? What are we doing here? Uh, I don't think it's a look. For me, it falls under the guise of pro wrestling. All right, I don't think it was a big deal. I think they are. I think there are and were much worse to go on in in the pro wrestling world to get upset about. And this is just not one of them, especially since, like we said, MJF has brought this up in his promo about the quarter situation and everything else. This is just them bringing um, physicality to the promo that MJF gave us, you know? And for MJF, for, for us fans that know MJF, we know that it's hard to get him rattled on the microphone because no one in that company can outshine him in a promo battle. But when you find something that can get under his skin, you should use it. And it's believable that a roll of quarters would trigger MJF like that. Look at his response. He went from cool and casual and like, Hey, I want my belt back to you motherfucker. I'm going to fucking kill it. You know, the, you, you don't get that emotion just by saying, I don't like you. They got that emotion out from a babyface MJF, and it's going to get the crowd even more behind them, and it's going to want them really, really, really want to see him get his title back and kick his ass for using those comments. For me, as long as MJF was on board with it. Which I'm sure he was. was. Which I'm sure he was. And we know he was. 100% on board with it. Yeah, then... I don't see it as a big deal. And, that's and, just and, and by the way, and by the way, Juice Robinson does use uh, quarters regularly. He uses he uses it with the right hand of God, his his signature uh, punch. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so, it, it is what it is. It's whatever. I, I, I think it falls under one of those people need to relax. Type yeah, deals. yeah, yeah. I mean, people make mountain out of mohills, but I get it. Um, I just think you know could have done something else. I mean, could have done brass knuckles. I I get it. It was part of MJF being bullied in high school or elementary school, whatever the case may be. I get it, but there's other ways around it. So MJF, Jay White going to be a classic at full gear. Uh, MJF, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are kind of talking about other aspects of pro wrestling, wrestler of the year, this guy, that guy, you know, MJF to me is still top notch wrestler of the year. I think he's got the best match of the year, in my opinion, with Brian Danielson, you know, quietly putting together a tremendous world championship run, that uh, I think some people are still kind of undervaluing and underappreciating. Uh, does he lose the title, Drew, to Jay White? Do we see a change of uh, of the guard here, or do we continue with MJF into 2024? Uh, no, I think we 100% uh, see MJF continue with that AEW World Championship. I think when we see him lose that championship, it's going to be major, and it's going to involve Adam Cole and maybe like a screw job or something. Yeah. So this isn't it. Speaking of championships changing hands, we got Soraya and Hikaru Shida for the AW Women's Championship. This went 11 minutes, and I actually thought this was a very good match for what it was. They went on at the 9.30 uh, time slot. They got a decent amount of time. It's Title Tuesday, Women's Championship on the line here. I actually thought this was Soraya's best match in AEW. Sorry, Brett. So I know you guys had a great match uh, last year, but uh, I think Soraya and Hikaru Shida was a better match. Shida is fucking great. She is just so consistent in everything she does. And I know Jesse and I spoke about this in London. 
Tony Khan loves making moments. He simply, obviously, after tonight, we now know the answer, put the title on Soraya because it was a great moment and Wembley in front of her family. Now she is a three-time champion, and she's the champion once again. It makes me wonder, Jesse, like we discussed all those Wednesdays ago, why they took the title off her in the first place when she didn't really do anything with the championship, but now we're looking at a situation where they put the title back on her. Why would fans expect anything different with this third Sheeta run, man. Yeah, so if you go back and if you listen, I mean, I believe I said that I didn't mind this title change in London. I mean, I know it was done to create a moment, but I think because I thought because since they weren't really doing anything in particular with the women's title, I didn't mind it as much because there was a fantastic moment for Soraya. And at the end of the day, she deserves it, man, for, for the, the road that she has traveled through her career and everything like that. Um, and again, they were not doing anything in particular. It wasn't like they were ending some, like, you know, historic, you know, women's title reign just to give Soraya a pop. They weren't doing anything in particular with the title at the time. So I didn't mind it as much. And I, I thought it was a fantastic moment for Soraya. Now, that being said, now that they know that Soraya can't hold the title for very long and they want to put it on someone else, I would not agree to put it right back on fucking Sheeta, man. I mean, I love Sheeta. I love Sheeta, but like you just said, now she's a three-time champion. I would have a plan in place to start something anew with that women's title and have that woman take it off of Soraya when that time has come. And I don't think putting it back on Soraya was the best idea. Now, who should it have gone to? I don't know, because the same reason it, why it shouldn't have went to um, back to Sheeta is my same reason why I shouldn't go back to Tony Storm either. I mean, it it, it it just happened. It just happened. Tony Storm, as it looks right now, will be the next recipient of that women's title, if you ask me. But it needs to wait a little bit because they just put it on Soraya. So I don't know who to give it to, but I would not put it back on Sheeta right now. They need to come up with more women to to, to elevate, man. I don't know well, what else to well, tell. Well, Drew, I saw you shaking your head. I mean, I, I'm kind of uh, thinking about what Jesse's saying here, and I feel like Soraya should have held on to the title to drop it to Tony Storm. I mean, that's the story there. Why didn't they go and do that? That is um, if that's where they were going. They're not, clearly. Um, Soraya, I thought the title change was dumb when I saw it. But now I'm starting to, my wheels are starting to turn here. And I believe Full Gear is at the Kia Forum in Los Angeles. And I believe everybody and their mother wants Mercedes Monet. So there you go. Mercedes Monet, Sheeta. Sheeta puts over Monet. Monet is your new AEW World's Women's Championship. And we're off to the I races. see, I'm afraid, I'm afraid to bring that up because, I mean, we talk about it all the time. When's Mercedes coming in? When's Mercedes coming in? I mean, it's, it's what we want. I mean, we Jesse and I have talked about right. this every fucking week. You know, we don't know when she's coming and we don't know the nature of her injury. So what you're basically saying without saying it is that they didn't trust a, a great match with Soraya and Mercedes, even though the history is there. No, I didn't. I'm not saying they don't trust it. I Soraya had a hell of a match tonight. I, like you said, yeah. best match that she's had. I For me, I keep the championship on Soraya, but maybe they're trying to protect Soraya so she doesn't take an L to Mercedes Monet. I don't know. Possibly. But realistically, she does won that championship three times, which means she's lost it. So... I mean, she could lose a match for debuting Mercedes Monet, and then we're off to the races. My match that I wanted to see is the one you would you said I would really have rather seen Tony Storm taking on Soraya. Uh, we saw it, I believe, but it wasn't. You know, I, Tony Storm should have won that championship. She didn't. 
Maybe they save it for another date. Maybe, you know, maybe Soraya can't hold the load, truthfully, of, of being the AEW World's Women's Championship. So take the championship off her. I was going to say, I think there's a reason they took that title off of her so soon because she she can't go. She she can't hold that title till full gear. She's not well enough to perform in the ring that much into full gear. I think that's why they took the title off of her. Otherwise, they could, yeah, they could have saved it for a pay-per-view at least. They just dropped yeah. it tonight. I agree, but everybody and their mother was like, hey, you know, we need to see Mercedes Monet on this show because they got to compete with WWE. No, stupid. Or Wrestle Dream. She would have never, it would have never been remembered because everything anybody was talking about was Adam Copeland. So what do you do at Full Gear? It's in LA. That's where Mercedes is from, right? Go ahead, go do it there. It makes the most sense. I like it. I hope that actually does happen. And uh, I would not have a problem with seeing that come Full Gear. Uh, MJF was backstage. He was uh, kind of upset about what had happened with the Bullet Club. He says he's not in the mood to be interviewed by Renee, but he wanted to call his bro Chacho for some advice. MJF called Adam Cole. He actually picked up. There was service. He's updating him on what's going on. He asked him where he's been. Cole's reception started getting bad, and he still said that he was at Strong's house in the middle of nowhere. The call then dropped and ended. So Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, and Billy Gunn Walked up, and Max Caster offered to team with him against the Bullet Club if he needs help. MJF shook his head no and walked away. Billy had a problem with uh, Max Caster asking MJF if he needed help and said, who, who, who made you uh, the determination of, uh, of offering up our services here? Caster said they began wrestling together and considers Max a friend, plus he needs their help. Caster says he also likes when he plays hard to get. That's, uh, you know, been the ongoing thing with those two, especially on social media. Bowen shook his head and Gunn walked away. What do you guys make of uh, the acclaimed wanting to uh, befriend MJF here against the Bullet Club? Do you like it or did he walk away because he maybe has somebody else in mind and he doesn't want to have to deal with the acclaimed here? Drew. I, you know, I, I don't understand the the correlation between the acclaimed and MJF besides what we've seen on television and on Twitter. I, I get it. Like, he's obsessed with MJF and yeah. whatever else. But for me, um, yeah, MJF's going to need backup. So now it's daddy ass and the acclaimed. That, it works, but, I mean, again, the storyline here is Cole and MJF, and I'm glad that they continue it. You know, Cole and MJF still can't get in touch with each other, which makes sense because MJF's first question to Adam, if he could actually talk to him, is going to be like, where are you? And then, did you get your surgery? Neither are going to be a yes or I'm coming, yeah, I'll be there next week or something like that. So to me, that's the whole story here. MJF can't ask Adam why he hasn't had his surgery yet. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Jesse, what do you make of this acclaimed uh, correlation with uh, with MJF? And is there anybody better? I mean, the acclaimed should be worrying about their trios, championships, and who else is left for Max to ask for help? I don't I don't I don't see a reason why the acclaimed needs to be involved with, with MJF right now. I'm trying to come up with one. I just I just can't no, they're basically just, playing up to the marks on social media. That's all they're doing. Yeah, I I, I just I can't I can't come up with one. I like going by what we see on TV because that's what we're working with, what, what they give us on TV. So I think it's hilarious what, what how Max, you know, plays with Max on Twitter. But outside of that, to, to correlate that into what we see on TV, I don't see the I don't see the relation there. I don't see how it trans I don't see how the transition, how it works. It feels a little out of place now, unless 
there's some deeper meaning here and that there's some deeper story going on here. Like we're going to get the reveal of who's involved in this mystery beatdown or something or things like that. Maybe that'll come into play. But outside of this, I really don't see a reason why the acclaim needs to be getting involved with MJF, especially since his hands are seriously full on so many different levels. I don't mind the acclaim getting a little bit of that MJF rub. I mean, that's always a good thing. That's fine. But I, I, it just doesn't feel like it makes any sense right now. Though. Well, I don't mind I'm the acclaim, saying, but Drew, before you, before you say anything, I don't mind the acclaim getting involved if for one reason they get involved with the Bullet Club and then drop the trio championships, the juice and the guns. I don't mind that at all. I think that would be a lot better for those titles. Works for me. Works for me on that. Guys and girls in the chat, Mercedes Monet. Mercedes, whatever you say her last name, Vadaro, whatever, is not from Boston. She trained there. She's from California. Knock it off. Do some research. Thanks. <laughs> Fuck. She, Jesus Christ. And she's from she's from Boston in the wrestling world. That's where she's from. Right. She's she was born in Fairfield, California. And she Does she look like she's bit. from Boston? No. Now, not once no. was she ever built from California. She's built from Boston. Right. So but as far as we're concerned, she's she live okay. She's she from, lives in California, just so everyone knows too. All right. I, I I get it. Where's where where's where, where's Wait, Eminem I thought, from? She, I thought she lived in Orlando. Where, where, uh, where, where's Eminem from? Well, he lived at 8 Mile in Detroit. I mean, but he's from Kansas City, right? I mean... <laughs> Wait, he's from Detroit. I thought, I, thought, I, thought Mercedes, I thought Mercedes lived in Florida. In Orlando. Mm. All right. No, not where she lives, where she's from. I like your idea of the trios championship getting this show back on track. <laughs> uh, going we're to fucking, we're fucking stalkers now asking everybody where Mercedes lives. Right. Who gives a shit? All right, yeah. That's why I moved Boston, on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um make I like it's from Stone Mountain, Georgia. I mean, that's you know. I like the fact that we could have Bullet Club Gold holding the trios. I like it. Yeah. I'm like all it. for it. I mean, they're playing up the Mars with this storyline. It is what it is. I mean, Max got no friends. Maybe it's Wardlow. I'd like to see what Jesse kind of willed into existence here with Wardlow. Maybe, maybe we do have to let that play out. I don't know. I, I think I that would be great. I did hit DVR here. He does have MJF written on his. Okay, uh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. That's a, that's a little Easter egg there for sure. Yep. Anyway. Mr. 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 Xander said Eminem is 100% from Detroit. Don't even do that. <laughs> see, they don't even care. They don't care where they were born. It's where they claim to be from. That's what's important. You know, she said she's from Boston. The woman's from Boston. Boston. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, Christian Cage, he is easily the best thing about AEW television right now. In my honest opinion, that's a lot to say because MJF has been so good with his Adam Cole story. But this uh, this Christian Edge storyline is going to definitely take the cake for me. And I said this last week when I was solo on the Dynamite review. This story is very easy to follow and it's very academic. Christian is having a career renaissance Edge left WWE because there was nothing for him over there. Christian actually started to become a little bit more superior than Edge. Now Christian sees Edge or Adam Copeland in AEW and trying to steal his thunder away from him. And I I just had a feeling that the next words out of Christian's mouth were going to be, I don't need you anymore. You're over here because you need me because I've been better than you for the last three years. And that's exactly what Christian said. In this promo tonight, he told the fans to keep the noise down. He needed to conduct business. He said, unlike their Kansas City Chiefs, he doesn't need the extra help to get his wins. Now, what does that mean, Drew? What happened over there? Uh, I mean, there was some penalties that should have been called <laughs> a couple Rest. times. I mean, the Chiefs screwed the Jets. The refs had to get in that. And then the Chiefs, in my opinion, got away with some stuff against the Minnesota Vikings. Look, man, nobody wants to see Tay-Tay lose, okay? 
Yeah. Hate to win. Well, nothing's going to get you more heat than fucking burying the city's football team. I'll tell you that. <laughs> he said he took some uh, he took some digs at Copeland, and he says he's not the leader of Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne, but rather he's their father. And he Ooh. said a few years ago, Copeland didn't want to finish their careers together like he suggested, like they do last week. He said back then he was deliberately being held back when he was clearly the more talented of the two. He asked where his tag team aspirations were back then. My, how things have changed. He said Copeland's career is a downward slope while his, his career is on the rise and he's the most talked about star in the business. He also made an uh, indirect reference to Judgment Day here and basically called them losers and what Adam Copeland did with them losers. He said Copeland needs him. He doesn't need Copeland. He says he has a lot of fans around the world. He does, believe it or not. He says he knows his wife, Beth, is a huge fan. He says he's already bored, so he's going to have Luchasaurus end him right here. He then told Beth to put some clean sheets on the bed because your new father is coming home, girls. I mean, we're just taking this gimmick to the next level, man. I find it to be hilarious. Uh, But, Drew, what what do you make of this story? Like I said, it's very academic. I mean, there was only one direction that it could go in, and Christian hit all the notes, and I'm very excited about this. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, Christian's career was stalling. Edge's career was going to the next level. And the whole storyline here is that, like, okay, Edge wants to get back with his, you know, his best friend. Now it's okay for you to want to team up with me. I don't need you. I'm at the peak of, you know, the height of my career right now. I don't need you. Just because you deem it appropriate for us to get back together as a tag team, that's what you want, doesn't mean I'm going to oblige. So, like he said, on uh, last week's dynamite go fuck yourself i'm with it i like the storyline it's very academic but it's it's perfect it's it's exactly what AEW needs to do and those two adam copeland and christian cage should not touch in a singles match for a very long time no i agree uh we're gonna get some tag team matches in between that i'm yeah. assuming right yeah at that they should they should become a tag team they, they they should rekindle and become a tag team before they ultimately split again and didn't come to that head-to-head confrontation down the road. Now, what, what does a Christian Cage and Adam Culpin tag team look like in 2023-2024? I mean, we're going we're gonna to get the fucking uh, the poses in the ring. We're going to get the, the fun-loving uh, uh, Edging Christian podcast type of guys again here on AW television, or, or are we going to get the, the current models of what we see now? I mean, it's going to be difficult to kind of decipher between the two. Which versions do you go with? Let me pose this question to the both of you. You just signed Adam Copeland to, let's just say, a two- to three-year deal. We'll go three-year at a maximum, yeah. two-year at a minimum. What are you doing first? You doing the Edge and Christian tag teams, or are you going to do, excuse me, Copeland and Christian tag team, or are you going to have Copeland do some singles run, have them have the singles match, and then maybe you do the tag teams when Copeland's career or contract is coming to an end? No, I do the tag team stuff last. I have them end together. That, that's what he wanted. He wanted the, his career to end with them at the top together, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're going to do the singles first and then the tag team. Jesse? I would, I would, I would tease them um, becoming a, a tag team first. I mean, um, a babyface tag team. Somehow, somehow Adam convinces Christian to come back to the babyface side, and then they do a very brief run. And I mean, like, a match or two before Christian double downs on, on his heel turn and then really fucks up edge, you know, sends him home for a couple of weeks, nothing fucking crazy. And then we come back to that 
feud. Now it has blood straight behind it, right? as opposed to just like past stuff. Now he's really pissed off. Now we get pissed off Edge coming back for Christian. That's what I would do with it. What would you do, Drew? Uh, I would save the Edge and Christian like happy-go-lucky stuff, Copeland Christian's happy-go-lucky stuff towards the end of his uh, contract because I think that's where the most uh, juice is. That's where the most money is going to be. Everybody wants to see it. So I make people wait for it, especially when I'm trying to get a return on my investment. You know, that's what I do for a living. Um, that's what JD and Jesse do. I mean, they try and get you guys to tune in so that they can, you guys, you know, make the return. Um, and you're investing in their product. So for me, um, I would have that the singles match at all in. I would, if I could drag it as far as I could, that's what I would do. If we can't, then, you know, we do it in four months from now, but um, I'd have Copeland win a championship, maybe the AW world championship. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe the TNT championship. Who knows? I don't know, but I would end the contract and the career of Adam Copeland um, with his best friend, Christian, maybe holding those tag team championships for a little bit. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, this match with Lucy, with uh, with Luchasaurus, uh, Drew. I'll start with you. I know a lot of people kind of shun this at first. Like, yeah, really, that's his first match with Luchasaurus. You couldn't do anything better than Luchasaurus. But I mean, time and time and time again, Adam Copeland, Edge, whatever you want to call him. I mean, they they constantly kind of, you know, don't trust him. Like, I mean, he's such a master storyteller. He's done it his entire career. I don't know why anybody would think that what this man does in that ring is going to be. Uh, a subpar performance. I thought tonight he actually brought Luchasaurus to one of his best matches in all of AEW since Luchasaurus has been there. The only thing I can really remember is what he's done with Jack Perry, and that was inside a steel cage to open a pay-per-view last year. I thought that was tremendous. Outside that, I thought this was Luchasaurus' best performance. Yeah, I, I think what they did was genius. They put a lot of sympathy, uh, sympathy on Adam uh, because realistically, everyone was like, "Oh, the neck, the this, yeah. the that," and I was like, "Okay, like here, we're you know we're finally getting um, something where, oh man, is his neck gonna hold up?" It's smart, smart booking. Um, was Luchasaurus like my first pick for an opponent out of the gate for Adam Copeland? No, but it lends itself to the storyline. It blends, and again, it was really good storytelling in the ring for both Copeland and Luchasaurus, in my opinion. I thought the match hit uh, on every accord you'd want it to. What exactly does what do people want as far as as far as Edge's first match? I mean, well, you know what? You know what? You know what? Yeah, that's exactly what they want, Jesse. You know what it is? It's like, oh my god, he left WWE. Now he's wrestling a dinosaur, a guy in a dinosaur mask. I mean, <laughs> what a downgrade! Off, I mean, give me a first break. off. TK signed this guy, and I'm quite positive that he gave Copeland an open book to pick his first opponent work with whoever the hell you want to work with and he probably picked luchasaurus now what do you want him to do start at the top of the car then work his way down he found somebody he's never worked with before ever in his career to have a match with start off you want to get his feet wet before he gets to a pay-per-view and start giving us a 20-minute well, fucking classic. Well, well you know? let's, let's, let's be real. I mean, he didn't really have a lot of uh, pickings there. I mean, if he wanted to work with Chris, he's either got Luchasaurus or Nick Wayne. He's not going to go right for Christian Cage. Well, he well, could have he, he worked this a simple singles match with anyone, and then it had Christian Cage and Luchasaurus come down to interfere. I'll use the analogy that nobody's using. Your first date with a girl, you take her to Ruth Chris Steakhouse? No, you don't. No, you don't. Depends on who it is. So no. I mean, so, no. <laughs> well, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I mean, if I, like you never, you never take a first, you never took a first date out to a fancy restaurant. Yeah, but I'm not dropping five hundred dollars on no, a meal because then it just sets. 
All right, well, that just sets Come the precedent. That sets the tone. Adam Copeland's first match back on a dynamite that's free is against Kenny Omega. No, we're going to make you pay for that shit. Well, they, said yeah. the same, they did the same thing with Jay White. Oh, why isn't he world champion? He's buried. I mean, but, but, but like Jesse said, I mean, he said it how many times? You want him to start at the top, and then there's no way to go. Where are you going to go down? But yeah. like, watching these yeah. guys rise up to the top is the fucking best thing about watching the show. Yeah. I, I mean, mean what, do you, I exactly, uh, what was it? I mean, uh, Punk's first match was Darby Allen. Yeah, well, well, I mean, Punk, well, Punk wanted Darby, but and, and same thing. I'm sure Adam, uh, uh, yeah, Adam wanted Luchasaurus. I mean, I'm pretty sure he picked an opponent to stay within the wheelhouse of the Christian Cage uh, uh, storyline. I get Correct. it, but at the same time, this was not a terrible choice. You don't want to start off, you know, at the top of the fucking card. There was nothing wrong with starting off with Luchasaurus. What do they want to start no. off with Christian Cage? No, I don't. What do they want? Are stupid. And let, 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 let's start. Let's start showing some appreciation for Luchasaurus too. He's a very good big man and one of the few big men that that AEW has actually booked decently. So yes. let, let's give him some credit there. Yeah. But, Everybody uh, wants everything for free. Yeah. And they want it now. Damn it. I, 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 I'm, I'm firmly behind the belief that it does not matter who. Who on that roster they put Adam in the ring with first? Someone was gonna fucking complain about it. Well, yeah, and it's the also the thing that I've seen about AW's collision attendance and all this other stuff, and people are taking pictures and stuff like that. SmackDown had this problem. Raw had this problem. It's part of the it's ebbs and flows of business. Realistically, there's a lot of money right now tied up in media rights. Why do you think WWE stacked the deck with NXT? Because they want to show you that even though if they have good competition on Tuesday, we could trot out whomever the hell we want and blow the ratings out of the water. So, I mean, it's ebbs and flows. And listen, business. and listen, NXT is going to beat AEW in the ratings. Am I going to lose sleep over? Is Drew going to no. lose sleep over? Is Jesse going to lose sleep over? No, we don't give a shit, man. You know what? You want to know why? If, because they watch NXT. I don't know if they enjoyed it or not. And we enjoy Dynamite. That's all that mattered. You know what I'm going to do tomorrow? I'm going to watch the ratings come out. I'm, we're going to do TNT. I'm going to have a glass of Pinot Noir and a nice T-bone steak, and I'm going to go to bed because yeah. I'm not buying the media rights <laughs> for either of these companies. I don't care. Somebody said, well, 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 we'll see when the ratings come out. I was like, I don't watch ratings. I watch wrestling, bro. Right. I mean, there's, there's a I like that. that. You should yeah. make that a T-shirt. Yeah. I, I mean, seriously, it's if AEW is winning in the ratings, great for them. If WWE is winning for the ratings, I mean, the same thing. Great for them. I'm going to watch what I enjoy. I'm a, well, I'm done watching AEW because the ratings are higher over there. So I don't care what where the ratings lie. I'm going to watch the show that I prefer. Yeah. And I wish people would take that into account and stop trying to come up with a winner. Yeah, it's yeah. a small, small minority of people. They, they, they don't really matter, and their opinions don't really matter. They they haven't seen sunlight in fucking weeks, so well, it doesn't AEW's really matter. in the mud. Look at the attendance, dude. Yeah. You're talking about a billionaire. Mm -hmm. A billionaire. But TV He's rights not drinking red apple ale like this jerk off. What, yeah, what are you? What are you drinking there? Oh my red, god! Red apple ale. I'm just kidding. I don't drink um, beer, man. You don't? No, I don't drink beer. You hang out with JD and you don't drink beer? I do not. I drink whiskey. I don't drink beer. Okay. Man. Well, there you go. Anyway, anyway, this match with this match with Luchasaurus is very good. There, there were a couple of spots like Drew made a good point about Edge's neck, and they sold the, they they sold the story on the neck. There was a couple of spots where they really made you believe that you know he was. Uh, one injury away from uh, ending his fucking AEW run already. Luchasaurus set up a suplex off the top onto some steps that he set up on the outside. They were kind of teasing that throughout the match. Edge fought Ugh. back, landed a superplex off the top rope, which looked fucking nasty. Both guys were down. They were slow to get up. Luchasaurus then frog leaped over Copeland, and Copeland tried to spear, and Copeland crashed into a steel chair that Nick Wayne wedged into the corner. 
Luchasaurus then chokeslammed Culpin for a near fall. They showed Christian was sitting on the stage in a chair watching the match. They stood to gave each other simultaneous big boots, so they had a big double down. So Luchasaurus slammed Copeland onto the ring apron and then leapt onto the steps and then at Luchasaurus with a spear. It looked like a half a spear. It looked like he didn't get all of it, but the fact that he had to kind of bob and weave in midair and jump off the steps and then jump to Luchasaurus was a nice spot. So Christian, he starts getting frustrated here. He runs down to the ring with the TNT title. Copeland yanked it away from him, hit Luchasaurus in the head with it. Nick Wayne was distracting the ref. Uh, he was anticipating Christian using it. Luchasaurus got up, and he thought that Christian hit him with the title and didn't realize it was Edge. So Edge caught Luchasaurus with a spear when he turns around. One, two, three, and Adam Copeland wins the match over Luchasaurus. Afterwards, Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus beat up on Edge. Brian Danielson and the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club come out there. Claudio Wheeler-Uter ran out uh, and beat up Nick Wayne and Christian. Gates of Agony then get involved with Claudio and Yuta. Hangman charged out there. Edge speared Wayne. And uh, they're kind of weaving all these stories into the end of the show to get you to collision. I thought it was a great ending to the show. We got something to look forward to on Saturday. Adam Colpin had a great match. Luchasaurus looked good. And Dynamite was a solid show tonight, man. I don't know what you guys thought of it at the end, but Title Tuesday I thought was a big success for AEW. Bro, I got to tell you, man, I'm not going to lie. When I was watching that match... And I watched them set those stairs up, yeah. and they climbed the rope, and and Copeland was in the match. I, I should you know, I started watching the screen like, God, yeah, I, I, I was I was the same way as you, man. I was I was fuck. anticipating something uh, bad happening. Don't fucking. Do but he's this. not he's not he's not like Darby. He's not Darby. Oh yeah. God, I was like that's I was, the beauty of what they were telling you. Yeah. that that match, you know, realistically. Everyone, I don't want to see Copeland versus Luchasaurus. And realistically, when if you were watching this, you're sitting there and you're like, holy shit, they have me emotionally invested. This guy's going to kill Adam Copeland and his career. He's going to have one match in AEW. It was great storytelling. And at yeah. the end of the day, that's what professional wrestling in its purest art form is, is great storytelling and manipulating the crowd. And yeah. they did that both on television and in the yeah. audience. Yeah. If they're making you feel that way, Jesse, Adam Copeland did his job. Yeah, they did. They did. I was. Did you see a sign in the crowd that said, "Please stop doing Canadian destroyer"? Yes, I did. I'm yes, like, I, I, did. I hope they saw that sign. My I sign hope. of the night was, "Do you like my sign?" I was like, yeah, yes, I saw that one. Now, listen, the sign of the night was by Jeremy Lewis, who brought an OTS sign to the oh, crowd. I did that was see that on TV yeah. during the MJF segment. There you go. So, I shout out to Jeremy that. Lewis. But uh, thank you guys for uh, joining us on the AEW Dynamite Title Tuesday post show. Oh, my God. Whoa, there he is. Whoa. We got. Oh. There was a couple of them in here, JD. Whoa. No, those were those were rupees. Oh, those were rupees. Look look for the color. The color scheme. God, motherfucking damn it, man. Osaki with a $500 super chat here. Jesus Christ. What is this guy saying? Thoroughly enjoying the show, guys. I know I've been gone for a minute. Had some family stuff to deal with, but I didn't miss a single show on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Friday night. JD, bro, your grind continues to be an inspiration. Truly much love, Drew. I've been really digging your inputs. Keep it up. Jesse, hope you and the family are good. We love Osaka. He's absolutely a VIP. He, he owns this uh, OTS venue behind me. I don't. Beast. Beast. By the way, guys, by the way, since the writer's strike is now over, Osaka is now back to work. That is and a great the new thing. new season of Bosch is getting ready to come out, man. That is a great love thing. It. 
We uh, right. we definitely uh, love Osakwe here. Brother, thank you so much, man. Always yes. leaving me speechless. Thank you for the kind words. Drew and I appreciate it for Tuesday. Jesse appreciates it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. Very yeah. generous of you. Thank you for, for the support. Uh, let's get into the super chats here, man. And then we can go enjoy the rest of our, our, of our evenings. But listen, guys, you're almost at a thousand. I would love if you guys can get to a thousand likes. We got Adrian of 51 likes. So let's get those likes up. Bro, after Osequi's bomb, I think everyone in this chat is obligated to hit that thumbs up button. Absolutely. We had close to 3k in here. Yeah, that's great, man. A lot of people were anticipating this little three man, uh, this three man review. So I really, I really appreciate you guys excitement for it. And, uh, when it calls for it. And uh, time permits for everybody. We'll uh, be happy to do it for you. But follow us on social. I'm JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Follow Drew at Andrew Baydala on Twitter. Same thing with Jesse at Chi-Town Smart. You're going to catch Je- uh, Jesse and I on Wednesday next week. I will be back after my little mini vacation. Uh, stepping away for some personal shit. And then uh, Drew and I will be live tomorrow night with... Uh, I guess it's Wednesday night Titans, but listen, man, it's fucking every night Titans. We're doing the thing on uh, on Tuesday night. Now it's uh, kind of bleeding onto Wednesday, so make sure you guys tune into that. We got a lot of stuff to go over, and we'll go over all the weekly happenings in WWE and AEW. We got a two dollar super chat from Jim Cornette. If Vince was brought back, uh, if Vince brought back Velveteen Dream, what do you guys think? I, no. I made a video on this, which is going on tomorrow. Dream is not coming back. Don't He's worry not. about it. It's a scenario we never have to worry about. No. I mean, yeah. with Endeavor being uh, now in charge of WWE, why would they allow someone like that back? Come on. Yeah, no. Come the on. Dream, Dream is this. He's turned out to be an absolute co-kid and looks like that is the least of his problems. He clipping me in that statement. I didn't say it, but least. <laughs> <laughs> Least, but uh, Jesse, Jesse, the report said that he's trying to. He's gotten help the last two years, man. In two years, he feels like he's uh, ready to come back to WWE. I sincerely hope he has gotten help and and straightened his life. I'm, I'm, this is a straight shoot. I I sincerely hope Patrick Clark has straightened out his life because um, I've seen the kind of talent that he possesses in the ring, and I would love to see him somewhere in an indie promotion or something like that if they'll have him. But unfortunately, he's never going to be back on mainstream television again. The dream is over. Yeah, it is. Yep. Michelle with a two dollar super chat. MJF needs three partners to face Bullet Club. How about the Blackpool Combat Club? No, no, not happening. No, they got uh, they got their own problems. Yep. Uh, Blurred the nerd with a two dollar super chat. NXT was like Super Smash Brothers. Everyone was there. I mean, good for them. They wanted to do what they did, and uh, they succeeded at it. They'll win the ratings tomorrow night. Everybody will celebrate AEW's demise, and uh, the sun will shine on on Thursday morning. This is all to sell media rights, guys. That's all yeah, it is. Yeah, it's okay. Everybody, everybody's going to win. Listen, you, you want to know? He must have put out like 45 tweets in the last two I don't days. give a fuck if Tony Khan puts out 45,000 tweets. <laughs> Do you want to know why I like it? Because we had 3,000 people in here almost for a fucking Tuesday night AEW show. We so win. The, the more, we, we, win. we win. We win. I win. So the what? Fans win. Very That's true. It. Blur, thank you, brother. Michelle with a two. It was fun watching two good shows tonight. Yes, it was. Jason Barker with a 14 months. Hey, y'all. I just put in that work on Twitter. I was able to live tweet Bolt shows. Get those likes up. Thank you, Jason. It is. Thank you for the 14 months. Enjoy the shows, man. Tony Brown, 199. How many minutes will she to stay champ, JD? I don't know. I'm counting down the minutes already, man. Full gear. There's, loses there's a full no gear. story to she to win in that fucking title. No. No, none. They had to have their moment in London, and now we're stuck with this, it seems. Yeah. 
Beyond the Script with the 499. Christian Cage, I know your wife is a huge fan. What a menace. Love it. OTS for life. About it. 25 months in the venue. Thank you, Beyond the Script. Appreciate you, brother. Hope all is well there. Lord J. Coyle with 24 months. Finally got that gold microphone emote. TK was cooking on gas tonight. One of the best dynamites of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, it was a solid show. Solid show. What Tony Khan wants to do, what he needs to do, man, he is, I don't want to say unstoppable, but he's very good at what he does. Keep building off your solid shows. Yeah. Consistency. That's it. Week to week. Lucky Gio oh, with, with a 499. Oh, oh, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry, Jesse. I, I, I will say, and I, I think we've said this at least once in the last couple of weeks, but I'll keep saying it because they deserve it. We've come here and as much as other people don't realize it or want to admit it, we've come here and given TK and the creative team a really hard fucking time with their lack of long-term uh, storytelling. And I think as of late, as of the last month or so, maybe, and maybe even longer, I, I think they've deserved a, um, a, a data boy for picking that up. They've, they've changed that course. They are on top of their storytelling these days. And good job. Yeah, it's not here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. It yeah. actually has a you, you feel You feel the change on AEW. You feel the change on Monday night, man. I said it last night. Monday night was the best WWE show of the week. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot Oh, yeah. Me. Happy birthday, Tony Khan. That's right. Happy birthday, TK, man. Drink those white claws, bro. Yeah. I'll be buying you an old fashioned if I could. Uh Lucky Geo, four ninety nine. What's up, guys? Great stream. What do the each of you prefer? NXT black and gold or AEW? I'm going black and black gold. gold. Black and gold. Black and gold. We talking AEW with CM Punk? Because that's that's for me. No, he oh. didn't he didn't elaborate. And what do you make of the news, man? Let me let me put you on the spot here, man. Uh, CM Punk and WWE not in discussions, man. Like like all the dirt sheets fucking know, man. What, what's going on there? What's your opinion there? We'll talk no about comment. it tomorrow, man. Forget it. No about. comment. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it tomorrow. Uh, Eric with 11 months. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Any day is OTS day. The three kings of the IWC together is always great. What are you guys drinking? Thank you, Eric. Tequila. Thank you Raise for 11 months. I'll take some uh, good old-fashioned Knob Creek. Steven Casson. Fucking knobber. With a 499. Sheeta as champ makes me happy. The quarters don't bother me. NXT can only do this as a one-off. AW beats them if AW and NXT went head-to-head all year. Yeah. I would agree there. But uh, they wanted to make a statement, so they did. Colby Duran with a 199. Hey, guys, I check out the Pillman promo. It was fire. I did. It was It was very, very good. Was it actually him speaking? Yes. Really? Talked on about his dad. Huh? Um, talked about how his dad died when he was four and how but was he, he was he Lexus King? Uh, I, I don't know. I, didn't, I, I Maybe they announced it. I don't know. Maybe it said at the end. But I just picked up on the, uh, the major hitting points. And he basically was like, the last thing I want to do is be a WWE superstar. But here I am. I just say king. Yeah. You said he's a king. Okay. I gave JD my thoughts on on, on Lexus King. Yeah. WWE wants to own everything. And they he's do. trying to pay pave his own path, which I respect and appreciate. I think we'll get over the name. We said the same thing about Gunther. What a terrible name. And I can't I really see Gunther. him. I, well, I can't see him not being Gunther now. So maybe he goes to Raw or SmackDown and becomes Brian Pillman Jr. Maybe. Maybe he's just for NXT. Uh, so what what was this strive and 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 this drive to have his own identity when he was Brian fucking Pillman Jr. for the last three years? 
again, I think this a lot of it has to do with the IP, the intellectual property, and you're seeing, unfortunately, what happened with Edge, Adam Copeland. It's basically WWE's IP just without those, you know, without Edge, without the trademark Edge. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I get that part. I get you can't have his real name because WWE wants to own it. I get it. That's not that's, that's nothing new about WWE. Maybe. That's the rule. That's the rule. Yeah. You know, Maybe. so I get that part. But Lexus King? Yeah, it's his sister, I believe. His sister and his mother. Yeah. So here's the deal, right? Let's just say WWE's like, all right, Brian, here's a six-year contract. Maybe then they let him use Brian Dillman Jr. I'm excited to see what he does, man. He's got uh, he's got a, a great family legacy, and I think he deserves a shot. Uh, LJ with a six months. Thank you, brother. Whether we are WWE, AEW, or fans of both, there's nothing like pro wrestling and its fan base. Gotta love it. Absolutely, man. I love the excitement. Keith Na- Blanchett says Lexus King sounds like a porn star name. I yes, disagree. Well, I think it does. It does. I, I disagree. I like I said. I told JD. I think it's a stripper's name. So hot. Lexus King? Either one. Porn, stripper, whatever. Where you at? You at a male strip club? (laughs) Lexus? You think Lexus is a male name? No, I mean, (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. You think Lexus is a male name? Could be, I guess. I know quite a few Lexus. Listen, listen. If he can get it it over, I mean, all the power to him, man. I mean, uh, he's uh, proven me something for sure that we don't know about him. (laughs) <laughs> Nate yeah. the Spider Hunter with a five dollar super chat. I watched both shows; they were both amazing. It's World War Three in the chat. I got my popcorn and the tears of the geeks to drink. We all won as fans tonight, JD. Yes, we did. I don't know who's still arguing. Cover J, cover NXT, man. No. But when do you guys ever see me cover weekly NXT? Come on. It was NXT WrestleMania tonight? Yeah. Matt B with a nine ninety nine. Wardlow helping MJF. Oh my God! Jesus Christ, man! Wardlow helping MJF, given their past relationship, would be nice. Perhaps Wardlow could ask for a title shot and return Siddle to Cole, but it seems like they'll go with the acclaimed. Cheers! Thank you, Matt B, for the nine ninety nine, brother. I would like to see MJF and Wardlow uh, again if they could weave that story together. That would be great for Wardlow. But oh my God, man! We got another five hundred dollar super chat here. This is fucking crazy. Reinvent you films. Get one up, bro. You got one Five up. Five hundred. Should duke it out on my channel. It's the same guy. It's the same guy. I've been gone for a minute. No way. I'm only dropping one bomb. I had this aside specifically for OTS. Cheers, fellas. Have a great night. Osakwe. Osakwe dropped a thousand dollars in one fucking. Oh drink. shit. Oh my god. It's a fucking. Yeah. He got a. Wait. You got a ghost account? What the fuck you doing? No. It's his. Uh. His other account. The film account. Oh, also quick. Th- thank you again, oh, brother. My God, shit. bro. Very generous of you. We owe oh. you a couple drinks if we ever see you in person. Yeah, I, I, yeah. As soon as we get out to California for a show, man, whenever that is, That's steak insane. dinner on me yeah. for sure. Um, thank you, brother. Matt B. Thank you, man. Philip Newton with a four ninety nine. AW had more matches. NXT was a PR stunt, from what I heard. Maybe it was, but like Drew said, man, everybody knows. What, like, I don't know why, why Drew's speaking a foreign language, everybody. TV rights deals, man. They're trying to get that one million rating. Hey, look what we did on Tuesday night. Let's, uh, let's talk NXT. It's a great negotiating point at the table when they're sitting there and they're like, we had some stiff competition. We had the NHL back, the MLB playoffs. We had AW, the other professional wrestling company, running a show. And look what we did. Yeah. 
the, and the they media the rights people aren't going to look at it and be like, oh, well, the only reason why this happened, excuse me, sir, is because John Cena and Paul Heyman <laughs> and the Undertaker were on. They, those guys and girls probably don't know who the, the hell there is on their show. So let's cut the crap, okay? Uh, Cake with the $2 Super Jazz Switchblade with the hat trick on Adam Page. There you go, man. I don't know why anybody thought Adam Page was winning that match. Matt B with a 199 on Wardlow's left wrist tape. It said MJF. I believe you. Miggy Saito, Sir Drew, what was your opinion on Raw yesterday? Uh, I thought Raw was very well done. I thought the main event was well done, and I think uh, I, I agree with JD. I think WWE Monday Night Raw has become a show that I enjoy watching from top to bottom, and it was abysmal prior to Yes. Uh, Sheed Black with a 199. I like all three y'all being on together. Thank you, brother. Me too. Appreciate it. Cake with Love a $2, it. $2 Super Chat. OC was ignoring the best friends after he won. Man, you guys are noticing shit I'm not noticing. Oh, did you guys notice that? I mean, listen, if we want to, if somebody wants to, or all of them come in and we're going to get $1,000 in Super Chats, I'll do this show every night. <laughs> <laughs> it's very mean, generous. Uh, very. What, what type of coffee am I buying you tomorrow, bro? You're buying me a fucking machine. <laughs> Uh, Frank Morano with a five. Think that title with OC became an albatross for him every week, saying he was just going to rest. Think that's coming back, but I think Swerve is the one. I, I think so, too. I think that title's right for someone like him or even a Miro if they want to push Miro. I think Swerve's the next guy. Jesse, JD, you agree? Yeah. Swerve is definitely um, on the uprise. Yeah. They, they, they need to keep his momentum going. JD, I just sent you a, a text. With Dana Brooks' new career path. Yeah. Is it OnlyFans? She's on OnlyFans, right? Oh, man. No, oh. Fan Time. I don't know what same that is. Same thing. What is that? No, she's on the same platform as... Same um, thing. As what's her name? Um, um, Mandy Rose. Ah. Who's a millionaire now. Bro, she made like 700000 in one month. Yeah. Uh, listen, man, Dana Brooke is going to be wildly successful there, man. There's a lot of geeks out there that uh, like what she does. So, well, a body like you. this, damn right she will be. Whatever, man. You know, she's going to make more money than WWE. Good for her. Uh, Johnny Jawja with a $5 Super Chat. Uh, OC said his titles became his identity. Instead of being a defending champion, OC now does the opposite and flat out refuses to wrestle or too heelish. Listen, man, they got to do something. They can't keep the, the same gimmick up or... You know, have him win just to drop to Mox. They got to do something to keep my interest. I like that. I think that would be nice. Sarit Mohanty with a super chat here. Fans nowadays watch these shows having legends and high-profile stars. They don't care about the shows having the best pro wrestling and built for new upcoming stars. Hence, old NXT and AEW suffer in viewership. Okay. Why are we NXT, worried about viewership? NXT is really... I mean, this isn't the first time they brought main roster talent to NXT. This is the first time they brought Taker, Cena, and Heyman. Well, not this in this awesome. abundance. Right. And All this, at what, once. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, what they're doing here is, like we've said a million times, is they want to show whoever's going to buy that media rights that, hey, look, look at what we did on a, a packed Tuesday night. That's it. Uh, Trey Van Garrick with a $5 Super Chat. With AW Collision airing on two Fridays next month, I wonder how WWE will respond with their SmackDown. LOL. Rock Cena 3, Six Man Hell in a Cell. Are they airing on Fridays? You think WWE gives a flying shit about what AEW puts out on a Friday night? They're doing two threes over there. They don't care. Yeah, they don't. Why, why would they respond and bury Collision? Collision's burying itself. Yeah, I mean, this was a one-time thing 
to just kind of show all right you want to kick it with us you got adam copeland all right let's show you what we could do that was it i they won't do this again Sarit Mohanty. Yeah, I'd be pissed if I'm a fan to show up to NXT next week. Like, all right, see my big show. <laughs> Listen, get, the get, reason why the, the reason why the I'm barrel. so against it is because Triple H never had to resort to these tactics like with NXT Black and Gold. I mean, it's just it does reek of desperation. But like, I understand. I'm not an idiot. I understand what Drew's saying, and I get why they did it. I just don't like it. Yeah, yeah I mean, one, I. I one, wait, I'm sorry. I agree with you. I mean, if you're talking about storyline progression and all that other stuff, I mean, they used Cody for an announcement. They made him the GM. I was fine with that. Taker helping Braun, where does it lead to? Like, if this is just, you know, and Cena as well, if this is just a, hey, we just had to get these guys on, yeah. then that sucked. But if they do something with it, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and so they, they have Mark Calloway coming back to help build up Braun. Right? But, well, well, I mean, that, that's a little desperate, yes. But, I mean, they, they have the fortunate circumstance where they don't have a pay-per-view every month, so they can get away with this for one week. So, it is what it is. Uh, I promise you're not going to lose sleep over it, guys. Tribal Chief with a $2 Super Jack. Great show, like always, pal. OTS for life. Thank you, brother. Hope you are well, man. Uh, Sarit with a Super Chat. If Undertaker Wrestling in Saudi is true... Then he should team up with Melo against Braun and Goldberg. Goldberg would be the perfect one to pass the torch to Braun and retire perfectly. Uh, no. I don't want to see Taker and Goldberg in the ring ever again. I don't want to see no. Goldberg in the ring ever again. I don't want to see Goldberg ever again, period. <laughs> he will period. be AW bound unless eventually. I'm watching, unless I'm watching an A&E special on muscle cars and he's going to show us his garage and find it's great. But outside of that, you know, so one show tonight told their locker room, Hey, we're going up on Tuesday. It's not our regular night. We're already going to lose most of our viewers because of that. We got the other side, you know, putting up big names at us. Just go out there and give me your best wrestling matches. And that's all I can really ask for. And the other company said to their staff in the locker room, we're going to call Cena and The Undertaker because we don't believe you guys can carry us where we want to be. Yeah, it's pretty lame. I don't like it. Vinny with a 499. AEW bores me, not going to lie. Besides MJF, also Phillies in four, LMAO, OTS for life still, though. I tweeted it out three days ago. Phillies in four. What the fuck you telling me for? They're lucky they won the other game. A game two. Good thing they got fucking uh, bats that come alive whenever they uh, feel like it. And Michael Harris is a great defensive player. Uh, Ankle break with the two. One thing from NXT, Pillman Jr. promo was incredible. Yes, I have to go back and watch it now. Eddie Hazard with a 20. An OTS triple threat, love to see it. I have a thought experiment for you, gentlemen. Suppose NXT actually wins the ratings tonight. They will. Since it was propped up with Legends and May roster, guys, would it actually count OTS for life? Yes, of course it's going to count. It's their normal night. Why are we talking about ratings? Did you enjoy the show? That's all that matters. You buying the rights? Move along. Yeah. Will Chisholm with a five. I didn't watch NXT, but I saw Brian Pillman Jr. promo. It was great. Yes, everybody loves this promo. I got to go back and watch it. if you don't watch this goddamn promo. Fucking shit. I'll talk about it tomorrow when I'm live with Drew for TNT. Brian Haynes with a two. Do you think MJF signed an extension? Yes, I did. Tony Khan would be a fool to to leave him as a free agent. In today's market, no. You're handing him a blank check. Yeah. What is it going to take? Give the man whatever he wants. Uh, Osaki, again, thank you, brother, for the 500 in Super Chat. And then through your other account as well, 1,000 in total. Thank you, brother. Billy Sizane with a 10. Great show, three-man band, LOL. But Mercedes did an interview last week, and she said she may show up in her hometown of Los Angeles for full gear. Yeah, whoa, she... she... Whoa, 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 whoa. Hometown? 
I thought it was Boston, <laughs> fucking Marks. Boston. Hey, if she, if she, wants, to, she, if she actually, wants to come she, back out as Mercedes Monet and tell us Mercedes Monet is from Los Angeles. Okay. She actually so makes from Boston. She, now residing. She yeah. actually played coy in the interview too. She's like, oh yeah, well, when, when is that? Where is that? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah oh, okay. I don't okay. Know. Sure thing. Sure thing. Uh, thank you, Billy. Wallach Wallach with a 999. High as hell watching OTS. This is for Vince. Everyone say it with me. Get him out. Love you guys. O-T motherfucking S. Thank you, brother. Good for you. I wish I can... Uh, Take it easy, man. Go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take it easy. Good for you. Jeremy Lewis with a 10. On my way home from Dynamite. Just letting you know I appreciated your shout-out, JD. OTS for life. Thank you, brother. Uh, what did you mean in the chat, bro? I saw your uh, your message in the chat that MJF snubbed you. Did he walk by you in the sun and didn't say anything, man? I got uh, I got to take it up with him when uh, Jesse meets him again. Yeah, Speaking no, no. of which, uh, AW Dynamite's going to be here on my birthday, and I am formally inviting the both of you to come sit ringside if you'd like. When is this? Where's, where's here? November 29th. Minnesota. Oh, boy. Minnesota? Oh, no boy. way. Interesting. You got front row tickets for us? We'll see. Show up. I'll uh, I'll, I'll talk yeah. to the uh, the management staff about it. Uh, and then we can maybe do a show. There you go. Yeah. Hold on. What's the date? November, November 29th. 29th. Yeah, mull it over, Jesse. A lucky GL with a 499. Which do the each of you prefer? Uh, we we saw this already. We, we, NXT Black and Gold or AEW with CM Punk? He changed the question. All right. Well, I'll go. <laughs> uh, I'll go with AEW Black and Gold. You like that? Yeah. There you go. I like that a lot. <laughs> uh, Will Chisholm with a 10. I hate that people think. I, I hate that people think JD is pro AEW or WWE. You're pro wrestling when AEW is good. You're fair when Triple H has no Vince behind him. Shows are great. You're fair. Yes. I'm always fair. Eh. But Tony Khan liked my tweet, so I'm on the payroll. So it is what it is. There you go. Uh, Fucking Stokely. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Spinelli with a 999. Thank you, brother. Uh, so MJF acclaimed, Caster Bowens, MJF all trained at Creator Pro, and teachers there are in Long Island, New York, Rahway, New Jersey. Wish they said more of that on TV and got it deeper uh, in the story, to be honest. I mean, MJF has not been shy about any of that over his career, so I don't see the reason to bring it up now. But I'm not for the acclaimed pairing with, uh, with MJF as it is. No. AWC Legend with a 499. W Show, JD, thanks for all the hard work. And y'all should do the three of you more often. It was great. OTS for life. Thank you, Legend. Appreciate you, man. When the time comes for it and uh, it calls for it, absolutely. Chris, 499. What's up, JD? Jesse Drew, Paul Heyman, and The Rock's daughter had a segment on the show. AW Dynamite was awesome tonight. Agreed. And then Will Chisholm with a five. NXT had Paul Heyman talking Ava Rain, teasing her joining the bloodline. That's The Rock's daughter. It is. Yeah. What? Yeah, wow, man. Breaking news what? there, man. Holy shit. Wow. Hey, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Will. I appreciate you, brother. Um, that's all we got. Closing words before we get the that's hell out of here. Got. That's all we I got. Mean, that's like $1,700 in Super Chats. That, that's a hell of a... I mean, I don't know the exact number. That's a hell man. of a nice one. Split three ways. That should be great. Right, J.D.? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, Jesse. That should be awesome, man. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll uh, just, just send me your PayPal information, man. I'll get that right over to you. Okay. Uh, any, uh, any closing words, guys, before we get the hell out of here? Jesse, go ahead. Nah, I'm good. I'm, uh, well, join me on Thursday. I'm taking tomorrow off. I get a Wednesday off. That's fantastic, man. Wow. 
Man, join me on Thursday. We'll get back into Impact. We got stuff going down soon. For those who know, you know. See you on Thursday. True. Uh, I don't watch Impact. Uh, Why would (laughs) you? Go go enjoy Jesse's stream. I always appreciate the love. I am absolutely shot. I am tired as hell. But I am very thankful for everything that uh, everybody donated in the Super Chats today. And I also appreciate the near 3,000. Listen, listen, man. We we had near 3,000 because you were here. Uh, well, I, you and Jesse always hold it down on the Dynamite Reviews. I do watch you guys, so thank you for having me. I would love to do more of these. And, uh, yeah, professional wrestling, again, is an escape. Yeah. And uh, you and I will be live tomorrow at 8.30, right? That is correct. There you go. TNT. Drew and I will be live tomorrow for TNT, guys. Tune in then until Tuesday night, Titans on Wednesday. I appreciate you guys joining us on this title Tuesday here. We will see you live tomorrow night, 8.30 p.m. Join us then, guys. I appreciate you, and thank you for all the support tonight right here on OTS. I'll talk to you guys later.